It's time for Twig. This week in Google, Stacy, Ant, and Jeff are all in the house. We finally get some numbers about Stadia, and it doesn't look good. Chat, GPT, and OpenAI get a big investment from Microsoft. What are they going to do with all that money? And it was a bad week for tech. We'll tell you about all the big tech flops as we do this week in Google. Coming up next, before we get to the show, I want to remind you our Twit survey is up and running for the rest of the month, but I would love it if you take it right now. Go to twit.tv slash survey 23. We only do this once a year to try to get to know you better, and it really helps us both with ad sales, but also to make sure our programming is matching your needs. Twit.tv slash survey 23 to take our optional survey. I appreciate it. And now, on with the show! Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twig. This week in Google, episode 698, recorded January 11th, 2023. Hands off my pound cake. This week in Google is brought to you by Fastmail. Reclaim your privacy, boost productivity, and make email yours with Fastmail. Try it free for 30 days at fastmail.com slash twit. Fastmail is also giving twit listeners a 15% discount in the first year when you sign up today. And by Melissa. Over 10,000 clients worldwide in industries like retail, education, healthcare, insurance, finance, and government rely on Melissa for full-spectrum data quality and ID verification software. Make sure your customer contact data is up to date. Get started today with 1,000 records clean for free at melissa.com. Thanks for listening to this show as an ad-supported network. We are always looking for new partners with products and services that will benefit our qualified audience. Are you ready to grow your business? Reach out to advertise at twit.tv and launch your campaign now. It's time for Twig This Week in Google, the show we cover the latest news not from Google. Well, a little bit from Google. Shall I start with a story from Google? I think I got one. Stacey Higginbotham is here. She's going to be here tomorrow, as she said on Sunday, where she was on Twit. There's a lot of Leo in my week. I'm sorry, Stacey. I'm so it's sorry. Okay. Stacey on IOT.com, at GigaStacy on the Twitter. She does the great IOT podcast with Kevin Tofel. Welcome. Good to see you. I liked your Yay, Indiana Jones uh, leather vest that you wore. Or your Han oh, Solo well, leather vest. That you I, can, I can wear that tomorrow. I wish you like would just wear this all the time from now on. Would you mind? I, I was like, I can make that my thing. <laughs> I, I, well, the reason is I brought my fedora for the day. So I thought, well, oh. maybe, uh, maybe I, would, I would match. Uh, hello there, Jeff Jarvis. This was the fastest butt-in-chair-to-show start I've ever seen. Because <laughs> we're half Stacey, an hour Stacey late. said she has a dinner reservation, and, and so Leo just said, okay, it's this week in Google. Cacio e Pepe from it. Trader Joe's is not, does not count as uh, anything to hurry the show for. I just want you to know. True. True. <laughs> it, it's because I'm a princess, y'all. Yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> we treat her with all the dignity and respect she deserves. Unlike Jeff Jarvis, the Leonard Tao Professor for Journalist Innovation at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at the City University of New York. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Bob. Good to see you. you. I am well. Good to see you. Congratulations on the... I watched your restart of uh, the Ask the Tech Guys. 
Oh, thank you for watching that. That was that was, it was fun a little to watch rocky because we're, we're yeah, get all the rocky. Things we're doing through, stuff yeah. uh, we've never done before, like using Zoom to take inbound calls. Well, I we was going to say, I I put in the chat. I would love it if once in a while we take a call here on the show. Oh, cool. We totally can. That's a good idea. Now that we have that. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a it's a little logistically it's complicated for yeah, me because yeah, John's to, head is exploding because what screen does he put it on and how does he do that? It's complicated, but, but um, we were able to take I think three or four calls, which was great. We had uh, uh, also segments about CES from uh, Father Robert Ballas here, who's going to be on Twitter on Sunday. He was there. He did some stuff. We had a segment from our car guy Samable Samet because there was a lot of car stuff. Um, uh, at CES. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. And Micah Sargent and I are doing it. It's called Ask the Tech Guys. It is the new version of the old radio show. And frankly, I can't, you know, the radio show, I was always like, okay, I just gird myself. Gotta do it. Gotta, not gotta do it. I mean, it's an honor to do a national syndicated radio show, but uh, it's hard because people ask hard questions and I always felt like I was on the spot, and it was it was always nervous. Now I feel like I'm working. I'm with friends, so it's a different. Yeah, I just feel better when it's on Twit for some reason. Plus, Micah's really good at this stuff. Oh, you, you two, I love well together. working with Micah. I mean, I love working yeah. with all of you, uh, but Micah, who's only thirty, only just wow. turned thirty, adds a little bit of youthful, youthful <laughs> perspective, energy, energy. Yeah, or just like he knows what Snapchat is is good you know i'm just saying <laughs> it's useful uh you know who knows who tiktok what tiktok is mr aunt pruitt hands uh-oh do uh -oh. we lose him do we lose him i'm here oh good he's back that gum dogs hit one of my cameras uh, but <laughs> I, i'll fix that oh, i have this hysterical. other camera he, oh that's did funny. he, did, did he yeah, knock it over dogs. or did he unplug it I think they unplugged it because I don't see the tally line <laughs> on over there. <laughs> well, I mean, in the pre-show, you know, Miss, Mrs. Higginbotham and Mr. Jarvis and I were talking about the dog sitting under my desk at my feet as I continued to try to kick them to say move. They just wanted to stay there, and now they just totally ruined the start of the show. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Port. How you be, sir? I am so sorry to keep you all uh, waiting. We welcomed uh, richard campbell we had a, a lovely host. chat without you good i we thought i thought chat. you would keep each other company which is nice yes we did uh but uh we have a new host on windows weekly richard campbell taking over from mary joe foley and so I, we spent a little more time saying hello to richard and getting to know him and all that stuff so uh, oh, i apologize bye, mary joe yeah she uh she got a real job so, so as sometimes okay, happens well, don't get any ideas yeah. uh yeah, you never know don't oh, get any ideas uh she is uh Working at a, um, uh, uh, anal she's an analyst, principal analyst, editor-in-chief, in fact, of directions on Microsoft.com. Uh, so, yeah, we're very happy for her, but it, it did leave a gaping hole in Windows Weekly, which we have filled. I've enjoyed watching Richard. He's good. He's great. He's fun. Yeah. yeah. So I said I'd start with a Google story. Let's start with Stadia, which is closing down about a week from now. And 9to5Google Google says, we have now some idea of why it's shutting down. Uh, Destiny 2, which was one of the first games launched on Stadia, it was kind of their flagship game, uh, was one of the most popular games on the platform. Uh, it was free to play. So if you wanted to play this very popular game, you could do it for free on Stadia. Uh, so the question is, 
how many people played Destiny 2 on Stadia. According to Destiny Raid Report, which is a tool that tracks player stats, it had gathered stats on Stadia and Destiny 2 since the launch, November 2019. Stadia... (laughs) Made up just 1.5% of new Destiny 2 account creations since 2019. Just 0.1% of all raids completed uh, since that time were done on Stadia. So about 23,000 raids on 900,000 accounts. It sounds like not only did Stadia not represent an important part of Destiny's uh, uh, subscriber base, but that even though people might have joined because of that, they didn't even play the game. Because you, you know, if you're on Destiny 2, you're going to be doing raids. Only 23,000 raids in three years. Ah, that doesn't sound like the Stadia really had much of an audience. <laughs> uh, 9 to 5 Google says that probably there were more than a million total players over the lifetime of Stadia. Probably not more than a million players. And it seems like, given, well, I mean, they did some kind of imaginary number crunching, which I think is probably fairly accurate. This Google's, <coughs> excuse me, Google's platform had no, I got a bean in my throat. <laughs> um, I had, I had to, in between shows, grab a, a, a few bites of, beans don't do that uh before a show i'm just saying uh if that's true google's platform had no more than three million total players over its lifetime and that's being very generous so is this a gaping hole at google i mean google not having social google plus i think is a gaping hole in google should google have had a game no i think the argument and the reason the state didn't do so well is google launched it with no expertise in the air arena no reputation in the arena uh, and, and let's face it, a reputation for killing things. Uh, I think people just stayed away in droves. That's really what happened. I joined it. Uh, it feels like, it feels like they maybe started, like they had like this cool technical solution to like, Hey, we can do cloud gaming. Cause that is a very hard technical right. problem. Right. I'm sure that's why they did it. So, yeah. So I feel like they just were like, let's see if we can do it. We can. It's very, let's launch it as a product. It's so Google, isn't <laughs> I think it? That's right, Stacey. It's yeah. so Google. <laughs> We can do it, so we can't. We do do it, but then we lost interest. <laughs> that was it. January tenth, uh, the last day. So I guess yesterday, That's the yesterday. last day. Yeah. Did you get your refund? Um, I don't think so. A lot of people have by now. I didn't I buy think any. That is. He did. I don't. I. I can't remember what I bought. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, I had. They had initially a launch thing where you get a controller and stuff, and I don't think. I think I bought it and then I canceled it. Because then I realized what a wasted money that would be, and then I think later I subscribed to play some streaming games. I probably won't get any money back. That's fine with me. All of your info is in your Bitcoin wallet, so oh, it's geez. not like you're ever don't rub it in. <laughs> oh my god! It was so funny on 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 the tech guys preamble watching Leo try to create. Uh, and then find the LastPass account that he created. <laughs> I forgot Lord, my master password because I thought, oh, I'm not going to keep this. But I had a, I was showing you how to move off LastPass, and I thought, well, I'm not going to keep this. And I, what I also did again is forgot the password, so I created a new account. 
Can can I get you one of those books that uh, are yeah. bound in leather with passport or passwords on on it? And you know what? So I, you can be like. Yesterday, I decided after all this LastPass stuff to really increase the security on my Bitwarden account, including a fifty nine character master password, which I wrote down. Which I, you know, normally I go, oh, don't write it down. But at this time I thought, you know what, Leo, you're really yeah. bad. So I wrote it down and put it on a piece of paper. I don't remember where I put it though. <laughs> oh, Lord. I have a, I mean, I'll be honest. I have a file password or I have a file folder that has all my backup. A physical you know, paper. like your backup things. Yeah, that's the physical smart. papers for, because yeah. everything, plus I do have some passwords. If you want to rob my house and then access my WordPress account, <laughs> That's where you'll find it. <laughs> well, but see, that's the point is that somebody would have to have physical access to your premises. And at that point, you got other problems. It's true. Yeah. Well, plus, I, I figure this sounds a little morbid, but that's me. Um, should I, in the middle of the show, suddenly conk over? You want to be, you want your family to be able to get at stuff. Right? Yeah. And I did do uh, Oh, well, you that. have that. Yeah. There's a, there's a thing in most password managers called emergency access that you should certainly set up. And I have that. Oh, every year. And I actually recommend this for everybody. Every year, my husband and I sit down and we share all of our digital. Oh, like, do you have like a ceremony? Do you like put on hooded <laughs> garments? Yeah. We, we pour ourselves a, you know, a glass of bourbon and we sit down and we're like, all right, this sucks. It's so the let's key exchange. There is it's actually. The, I still trust you moment. There is a magical ceremony. For the DNS server. Uh, oh, yeah. Do you know about that? The, oh. the seven keepers of the key. Is it yeah. seven still? Yeah, something like that. Uh, including, um, I, I wonder, is Tim Berners-Lee one of them? The, it's a it's a bit, they have a ceremony because every once in a while they have to rotate the keys, I guess. And they have a ceremony that is, you might as well kill a goat. Uh, you know, or wear hooded uh, gowns. Let me see if I can find... Oh, here it is. DNS key ceremony. Yeah. Uh, they sign the keys. And so they bring in. Uh, here's the, I mean, OK, let's let's say they are not wearing hooded gowns. In fact, they're basically a <laughs> bunch of nerds. Um, I think wearing a tie is about the equivalent. I, I got three of them are wearing ties. Um, but in order to do this, these guys have to physically come to the same place and sign the root DNS zones a key ring. And I guess they you do know, this frequently. If someone else out there knows this, I read a mystery book at some point in time. And the key pop, the plot point was that someone was murdering the people who kept the keys Ooh. for DNS. And yes, see, I'm like, it's, I, I was like so Daisy's excited. Club. Wow. I was like, oh, my God, I know all about this. And like they spent a lot more time than they needed to for me personally explaining what was happening. But I was like, oh, this is so juicy. <laughs> so if anyone remembers what that's called. Um, yeah. Tell us. Uh, here's an example, by the way, from the Internet Society. They had the big 25th DNS root key ceremony back in 2016. And uh, and there's a whole there's a whole series of attestations in the post. Uh, attestation one, I attest 
that root key ceremony 25 took place according to the script with only one exception. The ceremony administration was not performed by Francisco Arias, but by Punky Duero. <laughs> uh, here's the script. You actually, they actually have a root key ceremony script that they follow. Uh, what must be done? Who does what? I mean, this is a big deal because without it, the internet is not secure and uh, it, it can't continue. Act one, initiate ceremony and retrieve equipments. Participants arrive and sign into the key <laughs> ceremony room. CA confirms with SA that all audit cameras are recording and online streaming is live. So you can watch this. CA confirms that all participants are signed into the ceremony room and performs a roll call. And they go through the emergency evacuation procedures. Oh, yeah, it's a big deal. This? Yeah, well, that's what I was looking for. I'll have to well, see. That's what I'm I, saying, yeah. They should be going. But I don't, I wish they would. IW1 enters UTC date and time using a reasonably accurate wall clock visible to all in the ceremony room. <laughs> CA1 and IW1 escorts SSC2 COs into the safe room together. CA brings a flashlight. When entering the safe room, SSC2, while shielding combination from camera, opens safe number two, takes out the existing safe log, shows the most current page to the camera. I mean, this, there, but this oh, has I to be it. done this it. way. Hold on. I think I have Do it. Do you have a video? This has to be see. done this way. Yeah. Um, and because there's a, these keys are the root keys, the certificates that make everything else reliable. There's apparently episode 61 of the Ask Mr. DNS podcast. <laughs> There's a description from Kim Davies of ICANN in PTI talking about doing a key ceremony and keeping it secure and transparent during the pandemic. Secure and transparent because so, they couldn't do it in, per in person, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Well, the I'm next time they have novel. one, we'll uh, we'll stream it live. How about that? We can uh, maybe do it. Oh. seventy-one. There's oh, a, of course, a Jeff snippet. has found a, a snippet. snippet on YouTube. You know, it's going to be. We're not going to enjoy. Oh, there's Vince Cerf, father of the internet, one of the key signers. There's there's a picture coming up of them. I remember I remember talking to Vince about this uh, when it happened. Here is the. Have some sort of strange, uh, you know, ritual or anything like that. I think sometimes it gets misunderstood. It's it should be a strange ritual. Then there'll be a here. Here they are. He's showing. He's in the safe room. He's showing. Oh, look at this room. It's a Faraday cage. Wow. He's showing the uh, the safe. You show it to the camera without letting. Um, there's uh, the ceremony administrator. That is a Faraday cage. It is. I wonder if it's just a lock cage that happens to be made a metal grid. Maybe it should be. Maybe it has to be. It needs to be, yeah. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. That, do you think it's over-designed? No, it's probably necessary that they do this. Wow. No, wasn't there, wasn't there like somebody who had certificate authority? Oh, yeah, they've revoked. Designed. Recently, we talked about this yeah. in Security Now, uh, they had to revoke the certificate of a big certificate authority because they were not they were dishonest they were not reliable uh and you have oh, to it looks like even revoking things... it is a big deal because you have to go to all the browsers and the operating systems and say take this out of your yeah. key store um it looks like they do the ceremony maybe in august 
Well, this August, we got a date. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's ICANN that will announce it. So look for press releases from ICANN around August. I mean, it's a slow news time. Why not cover the key ceremony? I think it's really funny. Don't you? I think it's really cool. It is. A, a unique pair of public and private root keys are generated and used to sign the set of zone signing keys. Actually, it happens every three months. The ceremony alternates oh. between the El Segundo and Culpeper locations. This is uh, These are the keys that make end-to-end DNSSEC possible and provide a chain of trust. The, this can't be wrong. It's generated by an AI, Stacy. <laughs> it's got, They're infallible. It's got to be right. <laughs> it's data-driven. It's got to be right. Speaking of AI, uh, we talked about this a little earlier on uh, Microsoft, uh, on Windows Weekly. Microsoft has deal. said it's going to put $10 billion into open AI. Uh, the the actually information had a very good article about this because the way the deal works, um, uh, Microsoft, Elon Musk, a number of other people, uh, uh, financialized OpenAI, but there is probably uh, at this point no likelihood that OpenAI will ever go public. So there'll be no easy way for them to get the money back. So they actually have a deal in, in with Microsoft's in, initial investment of a billion dollars and now uh, their increased investment, they've made a deal so that Microsoft uh, gets 75% of the profits of OpenAI until the principal investment is paid back after that 49% until it hits a theoretical cap because there's no there's no exit possible for OpenAI. Wait Open a second. Well, well, so they're supposedly investing $10 billion at a $29 billion valuation. Yeah, yeah, there's others. 75%. Yeah. Well, I don't understand. You're talking to the wrong person if you want to understand how finance works. Well, so why wouldn't it go public? Um, Because the whole point, so it's my understanding. it's open. Yeah, they want it to be nonprofit A, but yes, the whole point is we want the development of an artificial, a general artificial intelligence to be done in public openly and not in secret by a big company like Google right. or by the Chinese government. So the funders of this said this needs to be an open process. And I think probably their charter forbids uh, an act, exit uh, through sale or IPO. So, so I've got a question for you. I'm seeing these stories over and over and over again saying, Google better watch out, Google's doomed, Google's... I don't see that. A, A... ChatGPT is a rotten way to do search because it makes up things and that's what it does. Uh, B, Google's working like crazy on this stuff and has been devoting huge resources to this the last end years. Uh, why would this look like a, a, a you know worrywart death knell for Google? I just don't get that. Am I crazy? If they don't keep up, it is. I, I think the worry is that you're basically, and I just dropped something in the notes next to this story just for fun because it's super nerdy yeah. um, and addresses. Uh, this is uh, from Stephen Wolfram. Credibility. Who is yeah. certainly so an expert. So start reading now while I talk because yeah. it takes a while. Um, but I think the worry with Google is that in, I don't know, Jeff, you're old enough. You'll remember. Remember Uh-oh. when you had to do like Bayesian search into Google? You know, you had to, to pluses and quotes mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. And then one day yeah. you stop because you could. And this Boolean. is kind of the Boolean. secrets thing. Yes. Boolean, Boolean. that's it. Yeah, yeah, Boolean, yes. yeah. 
Albazian's related. It's statistical, but okay, yeah. Let me pull out my slideshow, slide bar, slide, what do you call it? Rule. Slide rule. Rule. Slide rule. Anyway. Slide bar. So I think <laughs> okay. the idea This is, is going to be the misnomer episode, isn't it? <laughs> the Malaprops edition of This Week in Google. That's it. Malaprops. Um. <laughs> uh, but the idea is that if you can just ask GPT chat something and it has access to all the information, much like Google had, then it's basically going to do the same thing. And well, that's that's all it is. You but, didn't, but, but, you didn't you know, notice. You didn't notice. But I did that search in a new search engine I've been I've been using and actually really like founded by Google executives. It's called Neva, N-E-E-V-A. It's not free. Because their point was, we don't want to ever have ad supporting. We don't ever have to do tracking. We don't want to ever have to sell any information. So for five bucks a month, you can use Neva Pro. That's There's fair. a free version. Oh, and if you want to add to this, oh, go ahead. Well, I just want to point out. Remember, I read you about the key server ceremony. That that document I read to you is actually generated by something they launched this week called Neva AI. And and you know how Google does the beginning of a search with a little snippet, which it usually takes from Wikipedia. They're trying to do, and this is something I think chat GPT. Oh, they and, put citations in. And they put that, sites in and they take it from multiple sites. is a big deal. So this is the threat so, to Google, right? Yeah, no snippets, well, but actual general, because chat GPT is very good at this summarizing content. That's one of the things it does seem to do very, very mm -hmm. well. Kevin turned me on to this and I'm still looking at it. It's presearch.io. So if you check that out, because that is a decentralized search engine. Ah. Um, so it is, that and I'm trying, well, no, no, I just, I mean, it's like, since you're talking and researching search engines, this is, I, again, I, he told me about this this morning. So I was just looking at it like, Oh, it's powered right by blockchain. Got to be good. Uh, well, yeah. So that's that's why I was like, and okay, you wait, buy and sell to buy tokens? PRE tokens. Yeah, no, no. Hold okay. on. Oh boy. But, okay. But I do like. Well, I think that's to incentivize people to contribute. And yeah, in order to do this. So the way Neva works is fully centralized, but they have been spidering for five years now. They were started uh, some years yeah, ago. Yeah. Wow. And so they're not taking as DuckDuckGo does Bing searches and and anonymizing them or anything like that. They have their own server. Uh, I mean, their own spider in their system and their own uh, database. I've been using Neva for a week and I find it's actually as good as I'm happy with it. It's slow. It's the only thing. Google, we forget how fast Google is. But Google mm -hmm. search results are like that. And we're so used to that with Neva where you wait a second for a search result. But I think the search results are quite good. Or so decentralized is interesting, but boy, blockchain and, 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 and cryptocurrency. Yeah. Eh. What were you saying, Ant? Well, I assume with the five dollars a month, they're going to put that more towards their their uh, resources as far as being able to to crawl a little bit better as well. As That's the, the whole point. Power, yeah, I know? mean Google yeah. Google monetizes by selling ads, uh, so you have to monetize. Search isn't free, right? So right. what? So that's kind of the question posed by Neva is well, what if? Uh, what if instead of doing that, we charged our users uh, for it? Harry McCracken has a good article uh, at Fast Company about the beginnings of um, of Neva and how you know their who they are and their philosophy. It's former Google executives. Uh, this is from Fast Company uh, last year, June twenty ninth, twenty twenty one, and it's a number of uh, it's uh, Sridhar Ramaswamy and Vivek. 
Ragnus Nathan. You know these guys? I know Shri- I know Shrivar. Yeah, he was uh he was a longtime Google uh executive. Um and uh basically they they got funding for uh, from uh, Greylock and Sequoia for 77 and a half million when they started a few years ago. Uh they more than 30% of the roughly 60% staff is uh, ex-Googlers including Udi Monbar, former head of Google Search, and Darren Fisher, one of the inventors of Chrome. So that made me kind of think, well, okay, these guys know what they're doing, and I think it's an interesting experiment. So what if we did search so what would Just show more plain vanilla Google search. How does it... Uh, give up? me a search term and I'll do it. Um, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Now, first thing is, I don't know how to spell it, but fortunately it has autocomplete. <laughs> so okay. there you go. Well, that's an important thing to know. <laughs> now, you saw it was a little slow popping it up. It has the Wikipedia knowledge graph on the right, as does Google. But here's the AI beta containing information from Wikipedia, IMDb, the Spanish Wikipedia, for some reason, page six, which, as you know, Jeff, is a, a celebrity oh. gossip site and grunge.com. But instead Let's of... Scroll down now. Okay. Down and then here's, a, here's the Wikipedia. Here's IMDb. Here's news. There's a news bar, but unlike Google, uh, you know, this is not, this is just kind of a search result, not a paid search. There's no paid results. Here's videos. All YouTube. Uh, here's his Twitter. Here's biography.com. He was at the White House doing a press conference. What? Well, there you go. Oh, See, you've learned something. In June, in June of last year. June. Oh, okay. June. Yeah, you remember I, I, that? I, I, I remember that. January. That. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I, remember that. Yeah. I was like, okay. Here's a picture of him with Adele. I mean, I don't know. I find I, him so obnoxious. Okay. You you still have like Google the videos uh, tab, the personal. I don't know what that means. Tab. There are no personal results. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, that's for I. Oh, Neva will search my content as well. So you okay, can I'm add. Glad you have nothing yeah. about him and your stuff. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, here's images. Uh, here's a map. There is no Matthew McConaughey map. <laughs> uh, Thank goodness. I, I guess that's a relief. It's fair. And here's news about Matthew McConaughey. Um, but see, in in my settings, I can add. By the way, with the five bucks, you also get a, a, a free Dashlaner LastPass account and Bitdefender, <laughs> which is an antivirus. Uh, I would say to choose Dashlane, not LastPass. Um, and you can also add your own uh, stuff to search. So uh, I think this is really, really uh, interesting. Um, I've, yeah, I've connected I'll go play it, with that. I've connected it to Google Dropbox, so it'll search my Dropbox. Slack, it'll search my GitHub, and I've connected it to my Notion. So the search results hmm. can also come from my stuff. I think that's very Do interesting. Do you pay more to choose more apps? No, uh, this was part of the five-buck uh, okay. pro account. There is a free account that you can't do that with. Um, but I was glad. And look, see over on the right here, here's my calendar. Here's some documents today. You know, there's some interesting stuff in here. These are from Google drive, all of them. Um, I think this is really, um, you know, they have an incognito search. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, why would they need that? Um, that's a good question. Uh, because the search is, as you saw, has information. Uh, it knows about me. I am logged in. So if you wanted to say, I just want a vanilla search that doesn't know about me. Oh, okay. 
I guess doesn't take you into know, account my yeah. Okay. Doesn't find those those TikTok bathing suit pictures that are. And Jeff, don't friends. worry. There is a light mode. Oh, I just have dark mode turned on. I hear I'll turn on light mode and make Jeff happy. Oh, so much better. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> let there be. Yeah. So, for instance, I turned on location because that's an important part of Google search. Like, if I search for pizza, I wanted to choose pizza yeah. parlors in my neighborhood, right? Not, not, uh, not something across the country that I can't get. And there, oh, it look. chose Pizza Hut. Well, and that would look to be an ad, but it's not on Google. I'm not sure why. That's it's... interesting. Why did that end up first? Yeah, that is interesting. Here's what I really want, which is in my local map with local. Which pizza one is good, places. there, guys? These are all good. Old Chicago's deep dish, Acres quite oh good. God. Thin thin crust would not Please go to Pinkies. Pinkies is where everybody goes after the little league game. <laughs> and I would definitely a lot. do not go to Pizza Hut. Yeah, why is that showing up? I that's weird. That, okay, well, that, so that, I could say prefer question. less Pizza Hut. <laughs> I'm just thumbs. <laughs> I'm just thumbs down that result. I mean, they they probably have a lot of SEO juice, right? I would imagine. I mean, that still counts for this. It's interesting. Here's an Encyclopedia Britannica article, but notice every Domino's. single result. I can say, give me less or more of that. I don't want any Domino's. In Domino's? My, no Domino's in my pizza results. P- Domino's is actually a very tech-forward company. I'm just throwing that Are out. Are they? If they had good pizza, oh, yeah. I'd be interested. Uh, <laughs> no. What, what do you mean tech-forward? Oh, you know, they just bought uh, a whole fleet of electric TVs, vehicles right? for, de- yeah, for yeah, delivery, all yeah, a bunch of bolts. Yeah, they did. That's cool. Yeah. They did. They also do a lot with IoT implementations. They've got LoRaWAN for it, networks in several of their franchisees, franchisees yeah. the people who own their franchises. Franchisees. Um, they oh, they actually cool. are, yeah. I don't know why, but they also give me the 10 best pizza places in Boca Raton, Florida. <laughs> okay, now, now, now go to Google and do the same search with Okay, location. with pizza? Yeah, with pizza. Okay. Or Matthew McConaughey. No, no, no Matthew McConaughey. No, no, We're no. Enough of that. Ugh. Now, I am logged into Google. What is Google. your beef with Matthew McConaughey? Oh, he's just obnoxious. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I love Matthew McConaughey. All right. I like him. Here is the same map with different pizza places, including Magdalena's Savories and Sweets and Mama J's. But no, uh, no pizza, pizza Hut. Oh, but Old Chicago's the first one. Yeah. Both and that was them, yes. the first one in your other one. It's yes. good, but yeah. not the best in town. Here's Pizza oh, there's Hut. There's Pizza Hut. Here's Domino's. Domino's They're so yellow. big, right? Because they're yeah, going to show that's, up. That's, yeah, that's it. Look at this, though. Oh, Google look, does oh, nutrition, nutrition facts. facts. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's That's good. That's a Google thing. I like Man, seeing competition. All I can so say good. is I like seeing competition. I do, too. But I think, I think the Google search is still better. Well, uh, I don't for search now. for pizza all the time. Let me I search for... one example. Oh, how about... Let's search for Gutenberg. Okay. Because they're, uh, you know. You might get Project Gutenberg. Well, I'm so not going to search for Johannes Project. Gutenberg? Yeah, that's the number one. Oh, should I do Johannes? I Johannes Gutenberg, yeah. Johannes Gutenberg, and let's do it on uh, Neva. There's the Google oh. result. Let's do the Neva. Oh, no. My nope. eyes. It's, it's, I know. <laughs> so bright. All right. Well, just for the purposes of this show, I'm going to leave it. And I know it's so bright, isn't it? A German blacksmith, goldsmith, and painter. All right. Here, look at this. is the AI thing. Okay, let me read that. Let me see if it's good or not. Uh, yes. 
Interestingly, it got this from ThoughtCo.com. Well, Co. it's not really com. true anymore. The number two is not really true anymore. Okay, but you know where it came from now, which is Biography.com. Uh, his masterpiece first was... was this is Jeff as a author of a of a well-known book about Johannes Gutenberg. Here's the title page. Just got this. Let's see it. Let's see it. Doves. The Gutenberg parenthesis. Isn't that font beautiful? Which font? Doves? Oh, that's the one that Fleischman got you. Nice. It's gorgeous. Just love that. Nice. So that's Neva. Let's look at Google's Google's results here. Lots of pictures. Born in Mainz. Uh, the Wikipedia article is the primarily knowledge uh, graph here. Um, printing Press, World History, Thought Co. Also, Biography.com. I think they're comparable, to be honest comparable. with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, except for one's in light mode, one's in dark mode. <laughs> but that's <laughs> so we can tell. As a migraine person, I know. I don't like, like it either. I'm much. with you. All right, wait a minute. Let me. Uh, let me just did that to make me like Neva better. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. I was, you know. Just blatantly, uh, uh, now I can't. Now I can't find where I said it. Oh man, I'm stuck with it. Oh Jeff, so you think comparable yeah, as a Gutenberg expert? Not. It's yeah. roughly the same the, result. The write-up is interesting. All Just saw circuits. myself over Ant's head uh, in I the studio. I can't help you there. I don't know why. Ants got Are you a, having very, a stroke. Ants, oh, you know, <laughs> over his head. I just want to compare studio, the size of picture. Ants' head to your head. Oh, oh there is a picture. It's right up there. That's right up there. I put that uh, beautiful dark haired picture that? of you. Who's that person? Floating. Now we can't hear Leo. <laughs> 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 it shows malapropism and like At tech fails. At there last. We can't hear Leo. All right. I'll I'll have more about Neva at some point. I just I think yeah, it's, it's very interesting. interesting. I wonder how it's doing business wise. Business. Uh, they just added the uh, the uh, chat uh, the you know AI stuff. They're not using Chat GPT. Although, and we were talking about OpenAI, they have said now they've finally figured out. Well, we better start charging for Chat GPT. And much like Dolly, uh, they're going to have a premium version that you get credits and you pay for credits. Um, but the so so this is what uh, so I saw a librarian in in Mastodon come in and say that she had more than once now she's had students come to her and say I got this from ChatGPT I would like to read the things that are oh, referenced love here. that yeah no wait ChatGPT had the people were real but every reference was made up <laughs> every book title was made up what okay, okay. yes that's terrible that is oh, one man. thing by the way Neva. That's why the footnotes, they, they have it right there yeah, that's where why we got important. the information. I think that's really important. They, so this is the real problem with ChatGPT, and they've never asserted anything is factual. By Not the way. at all. Not at all. It, it's a word predictor. That's you, it. You shouldn't assume that. No. I love so it. They can predict where... non-existent sources. <laughs> that's, that's great, isn't it? This, yeah. He should write this book. He just doesn't know it yet. Uh, this is where the Wolfram Alpha thing comes into play because he talks about being able to teach Chat GPT yeah. using Wolfram Alpha. Oh, that's interesting. As it explains it, um, like so, you you can do the search in two places, and then when Chat GPT feeds you weird stuff, you pull in the Wolfram Alpha hey, stuff. Well, I'm having a hard time saying these words. Get ready for this. <laughs> anyway. Uh, our right. sponsor, Mint Mobile, uh, is owned by Ryan Reynolds, the movie star. 
He <laughs> tweeted this the, just uh, yesterday. You knew it was just a matter of time until we did this. He used ChatGPT to write this ad. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile. Uh, you know, we're always looking for ways to save you money. So this year, we're kicking things off with an ad that I created using ChatGPT, the AI technology. This is what I asked it to write. I, I, said, I said, write a commercial for Mint Mobile in the voice of Ryan Reynolds. Use a joke, a curse word, and let people know that Mint's holiday promo is still going even after the big wireless companies have ended theirs. This is what it wrote. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds here. Here he First of all, let me just say Mint Mobile is the sh**. <laughs> <laughs> all the wireless companies out there are ending their holiday promos, but not Mint Mobile. We're keeping the party going because we're just that damn good. Give Mint Mobile a try. And hey, as an added bonus, if you sign up now, you'll get to hear my voice every time you call customer service. Just kidding, that's, that's not really a thing. And stay classy, everyone. That is mildly terrifying. <laughs> okay. okay. Right. That's pretty good. I have to say, Ryan Reynolds... If uh, it's true. ...is a genius... I, I didn't really appreciate him until uh, I realized he started his own ad agency. And and right. and a lot of this stuff is, like that ad, is from a brilliant Canadian ad agency owned and run by Ryan Reynolds. Um, a, great yeah. ad. B, a very good demonstration of chat GPT. C, how's his gin, Stacey? Oh, his gin is actually pretty good. He, is I it mean, aviation? Is that his gin? Aviation is his yeah. gin. It's a nice gin. It's not like the best gin. But it was for a while. What did he do with the, that Peloton commercial? Wasn't that the one? Yeah, where he, he did the Peloton. He, he's obviously very, uh, I don't want to say tech savvy, but he pays it to, I think no, he knows he some of his audience. Oh, must. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, because yeah, he responded very quickly to that Peloton ad with the, the sad lady. And here is what Neva says. Ryan Reynolds was involved in the Peloton ad controversy. Oh, look at that. And then with three sources from Hollywood Reporter, VarietyToday.com, and ET Online. Um, I have not yet found an un, a counterfactual uh, summary from uh, Neva, by the way. So uh, Ask it about vaccinations. Oh, what should I say? Is the um, COVID vaccine safe? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> say 30. Now this is that the hesitation I was telling you about. It takes oh, it doesn't do oh, anything. I thought it was like calling. It's interesting. Calling it doesn't do. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, like, so put in vaccine, COVID vaccine. But, but look at this verified. Neva verifies government sites, nonprofits, and educational institutions, and shows them with a verified label. The hill is awful. Well, yeah, but I think the, the rest right. of these Hopkins AOL. Medis, medicine. Well, go back up there. CDC, go to the right. See who else is in there. Is in there. These are news sources. Yeah. I don't think those are the verified sources. It's talking about it's the results here. Sports see the Kida, see this verified not, Johns Hopkins verified yeah. CDC. Then it gives you all these Mayo Clinic threads, which... Harvard is not verified as it shouldn't be. Uh, health... right. <laughs> no, I'm, just... right. I'm only speaking as a Yale man. Uh, health the wow. Times isn't verified, but CDC. Yeah, so I but I think they want to do it with government. Yeah, you know what? It shouldn't be verified because uh, it's a news organization, yeah, right? So what should I say instead? Uh, just say COVID, COVID vaccination safety. Try as a as a search rather than you're a trying to get it to say something. Yeah, bad. Here's the AI. Here we go. COVID nineteen vaccines God are safe and effective. Uh, by the way, Moderna has decided that the market uh, will allow it to Charge. ten times its yeah. fee. 
How, how do you say that? Increase its fee by an order of magnitude. Uh, this is good. This is using Hopkins, CDC, and Harvard. Anyway, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I like it. Uh, so, OpenAI getting more money from Microsoft. OpenAI expects to make 200 make profit, $200 million in 2023. Now, remember, they have billions of dollars invested. But that's a good start. Yeah. Microsoft wants 49% of OpenAI. Why? They would like to start putting OpenAI results into Bing. This is why Google's nervous about this, Jeff, to answer your question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They would like to use it in Microsoft Office. They There are lots of places uh, that... I would love for it to, if they could teach it how to show me stuff in Excel, that would can be do that. Like to be able to... Have you tried that? In ChatGPT? I bet it can. You know, well, that's what I'm saying. So like if weird, I had Excel open... Exactly. Show me yeah. how to do that. And Microsoft might be doing that. Uh, here's a f wild story. So last week on Security Now, Steve said, you know, if you have your LastPass vault, which you do if you download it, um, there is stuff you can see in there about, you know, things you might want to know about what version and what PBKDF2 iterations, etc. It's in an XML file. And he called on his audience... Somebody write an XML file interpreter so we can have a program people can use for this. One of our listeners had ChatGPT write it mm. in Microsoft's PowerShell scripting language, and then and then gave it to Steve. They slightly they worked on a slightly modified. Steve said this is the best one of we had a number of them from people <laughs> who are very accomplished programmers who wrote it from scratch who were probably pissed off. Wow! But the ChatGPT PowerShell script. With with a couple of exceptions where it was off, it was wrong, or it didn't know how to do something, was actually a great. It was a starting point. Okay. So meanwhile, so here's the techno panic. Okay, uh, question. Yeah, uh, is this going to eliminate some jobs down the road for people you know that are trying to work in at Google and help figure out this whole search engine algorithm or? Is well, it initially, just, it makes a lot uh, of jobs to start <laughs> as they freak out. <laughs> well. Uh, I think you just have to learn to, I mean, like, you have to learn how to adapt to this. So as yeah. a journalist, you know, even being able to look stuff up in Google is both a blessing and a curse. Because, like, you don't have to come to me for regular facts and, like, what happened anymore. Now you have to come to me as a journalist for uh, an understanding of trade-offs or whatever else, right? You have to come deliver more. So I think people just have to get smarter. This will take away some parts of their job, but... That just gives you room to grow. You add value. Whether it's AI you, results or Google results, you still need to freaking verify all yeah. the, the so sources. So humans yeah. add value. And I think that's good. I mean, I, if I were an illustrator, I might worry a little bit about um, mid-journey and we'll stable see. diffusion. Well, photographers, yeah, as a photographer, you're screwed, Ant. We'll just put it that way. But yeah, I, don't um, that way. I wrote a post about this a week or so ago uh, where I think that as a teacher, we're going to end up teaching the skill of prompt writing. Yes. Yeah. That, and, and, and that in makes a sense, sense, that's the new programming, right? Yeah. All yes. your, programming is telling the machine what you want it to do in a sense. very specific way. Writing a prompt will be a way to tell the machine what you want in a way. So on the, on the rundown 52, I have the New York school system has blocked ChatGPT, which is just short-sighted and stupid because it's, it, it, to your question, Ant, it should be saying, well, what new skills are opened up by this? 
One one I smart agree. teacher I saw said that what he would do, rather than trying to, I saw another school district in Florida say, here's all the ways to stop students from cheating and make sure they're right and stuff. Another way is to say to the student, go ask chat GPT the question, now come back and fact check it. Yeah. Now come back and write a critique of it. Now come back and improve it. There's some real Where did it go wrong? Yeah. Where did exactly. it get right? Yeah. You know, how can we optimize this? I, and, I, and that's I, what, I totally agree. That's how schools have dealt with Wikipedia historically as well, right? Wait, it's, now oh, no, I want to go ask my child how chat GPT is being handled in school. I'd be I'll very be curious. Okay, good. <laughs> while you're and doing get that. a waffle while you're doing it, yeah, Stacey. Yeah, we, we know, know real, we, we know, know your real, tricks. Yeah, we know what's up. We get it. Love. If she's <laughs> chewing when she comes back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, Jason Howell, our producer, this story. He used to work at CNET. Uh, this this is answer to your question. Uh, I would worry, Aunt, if I was a writer at CNET. CNET is quietly publishing entire articles. Generated by AI. They started doing this in November. Articles. This is from The Byte. The the articles under the unassuming appellation of CNET money staff. (laughs) You know, I wonder if that's, uh, and I I don't mean to sound totally ignorant on this, but maybe this is like an additional product. (laughs) It's just like, well, they don't. Here's the AI. This is what the AI did for you. They don't say anything. uh, they yeah. just say Reuters and the AP have been using it for years now for sports, sports yeah. and finance. Financial, yeah. yeah. Do and you think so? Too, that's sure. interesting. My child, by the way, has not dealt with ChatGPT at all, so that was a bust. Okay. But, um, but how's the waffle? I didn't get a waffle. Did you get a I didn't cookie? have enough time to get it. No, I'm, I'm not Cupcake? hungry yet. It's oh, still okay. early. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to save room for my dinner. Um Oh, oh, now I'm distracted. <laughs> Sorry. CNET is revealing, I guess, uh, it, oh. that the articles are generated uh, by automation okay, in sure. some cases. So, and it was things like, what are NSF fees and why do banks charge them? Should you break a CD early for best better rate? And you'll see in the search results, this article is generated using automated technology and thoroughly edited and fact-checked by an editor okay. on editor story. Okay, staff. good. All right, yeah. fine. So that's cool. Did you see the company that did... For online therapy was sending people to GPT yes. chat. And this is so I think there's a if an AI is going to do something, I do think we still need to distinguish right now yes. between an AI writing something or offering you something than a person. In in some ways that's it might be better, right? Well, Stacey, what was interesting really, about that story was that yeah. people liked the chat GPT responses until they found out it was a computer. And then well, they yeah, because it's them. freaky. Mm-hmm. A, yeah. B, uh, uh, the academics I know were appalled because it was a company doing it. There was no IRE, um, mm-hmm. not IRE. What do you put? Um, uh, IRB, IRB, Internal Review Board. Uh, to to people didn't know this was being done to them, and this was about their their mental health. But Aunt, you want to get worried? Look at line fifty five mm-hmm. and see how. And Leo, especially since he's a professional voice. That's cool. Well, yeah. Is this yeah. the three second thing? Oh, yeah, <laughs> this is, this is, thing? We talked a little bit about this to Val E, which is weirdly like Wall E. Uh, these are language uh, models trained with three words uh, to generate samples that sound like you. So here is, let me give you an example. This is uh, from the Microsoft uh, demo on GitHub. Um, the speaker prompt. And then we'll give you the, the 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 machine version of it, and then the final version. Here's the speaker prompt. He descended the ladder and found himself soon upon firm rock. 
Okay. They moved thereafter cautiously about the hut, groping before and about them to find something to show that Warrington had fulfilled his mission. So they, they only had three seconds of the speaker. He descended the ladder and found himself soon upon firm rock. Un, unrelated to the, the language, oh, the yes. sentence they're going to do. The ground truth. Now, baseline. They moved thereafter cautiously about the hot groping. Before, this is, that's the machine voice of it. And about them to find right. something. Here's the final synthesized valley version. Taking the human speaker and applying it to the baseline. We've seen this before. They call the human speaker prompt the prosody. And this is what Valley comes up with. They moved thereafter cautiously about the hut, groping mm. before and about them to find something to show that Warrington had fulfilled his mission. It's okay. Yeah, Amazon has Polly. And oh, it's says good. says Mister Voice. It's okay. Well, <laughs> I. Anytime someone takes like I think I told y'all that I had a friend of mine who this was years ago, um, ran all of my writing through basically a neural net and then created something that wrote like I did. And it would, it was like, was it good? Was it your voice? It was very accurate to my voice, Yeah, but I also found it incredibly creepy. Right. And I told him, I was like, is that the uncounty Valley creepy? Like what? It's close, but no cigar. Like, well, I took it. No, it wasn't uncanny Valley. It felt like a violation oh, of like yeah. that. I was so easily. I mean, it was kind of like insulting, I guess. Like I was so easily replicated uh, by it. If machine. I were in the middle of my career, I would be worried, but I'm not. Thank God. Well, <laughs> and so I'm actually, I'm actually welcoming my new overlord. <laughs> I was worried about deception. Like, I mean, it's yeah. kind of like a deep fake problem. When Adobe had this back during the, I believe it was back in the Obama administration with their AI tools inside of Adobe Audition, you know, they put up an example of him yeah, speaking. I remember that. It wasn't him speaking. Yeah. You know, and of course that raised a lot of concerns of getting that product in the wrong hands to issue some uh, pretty scary commands out there that could cause problems. Well, I think we have to adjust how we determine the veracity of what we're seeing, reading. We already know about reading, yeah. right? And 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 yeah. hearing. And we just, you know, it, there have been people making putting up folk, fake photoshops of me for years. I mean, it's just that's right. always been doable. And you just right. you just have to tune your your spidey sense. To here's an example of speaker emotion maintenance from Valley. So they're going to get. A single sentence. We have to reduce the number of plastic bags. They got the speaker to deliver it in a variety of emotional states. This is angry. Her face was against his breast. Notice, by the way, that's not the same prompt. It's just his prosody. Now, right. Valley applying that to the generated sentence. We have to reduce the number of plastic bags. Here's Sleepy. Down and dig in. <laughs> Notice, the, the whole key to this is just a parlor trick is how she, these are three second snippets right mm. we have to reduce the number of plastic bags yes yeah, this, this is terrible not work. no amused so what that's I... what carnegie did let me do it again that's what carnegie did we have to reduce the number of plastic bags that's terrible. That's terrible. That's bad. All right. That is terrible. Because I was worried about like taking three seconds of my voice, generating something, and then talking to like my my Madam A or my Google to get access to my calendar, for example. This is that would be this kind is of an a, interesting a parlor thing. trick. Oh, that's interesting. But I got to tell you, there is better work being done. In fact, Apple this week announced 
AI narrated audiobooks. And this is uh, caused much discussion in uh, the Mastodon. Yeah, oh very interesting because the idea is there are a lot of books that will never have uh, an audio version because it's too expensive. The publisher, they're out of date, whatever. So Apple now is selling, I've listened to a few of them, audiobooks that are, in fact, they even pitch authors. Look, you can't afford a professional narrator. Don't worry. You can choose a voice and uh, try it out. The voices are quite good. They're are voices for fiction and nonfiction. Do you have an example you can play with? I do. In fact, uh, here first I'll play what Apple, uh, te- you know, offers you, and then I will actually have I can play a sample of an actual book if you want to hear it. Well, let me see. Maybe I'll yeah. have to do that. Um, if you search on Apple Books, Apple Books is just like Audible. In fact, most of the books are from Audible. Can I use Apple Books without Apple? Uh, yeah, I bet books.apple.com. You have to have a credit card. Oh, can you listen to them without an iPhone is what you're asking? Yeah. Probably not. That would be my guess. Yeah. I wonder if you have to be an Apple ecosystem, well, at least use an Apple ID. Yeah. I have to search. Let me, um, how did I do this? On, I did it on yesterday on, um, uh, Mac break weekly. Let me think how I get to, cause I'm on a Linux machine. Um, because oh, you can search, when you go to Apple Books, you can say, I want an AI narrator and uh, and search for it. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll play it for my iPhone because I have some. And it's quite good. Um, we found a book uh, about lumberjacks, which, you know, in all likelihood... <laughs> a romance, perhaps? Uh, there, well, I thought it might be. Um, but in fact, it's not. It's... Um, Although there are quite a few lumberjack romance novels for some reason. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, but in this case, it was actually something more up your alley, a history of the lumberjack. Well, hell. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, why, a romance featuring lumberjacks is way better than a history of the lumberjacks. <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I, even says I. Stacey, who moved up to lumberjack territory. Even I um, would agree with you. But, I mean, the way y'all were talking about it, like, it's a surprise their romance is featuring lumberjacks. I mean, uh, my God, the brawny paper towel guy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm guessing there isn't a brownie paper, t- a, a wow. paper towel guy uh, romance thing. But let me, um, here's one. Uh, I don't know what this is. This is a romance. Shelter from the Storm. Uh, this is narrated by Apple Books, which means by an AI. Uh, stories that lift me up and make me smile. And that's why I created Port Provident, a town for all of us to visit for a sweet escape. I'd like to invite you to join that reader community today. Just go to... So, it's not... I can still tell it's faking, yeah. But it's certainly listenable, right? It is listenable. It's kind of like, you know, when when you get the books that are off IP, like the crappy versions of books that are old well here's the what lumberjack the well, there's, there's libra here's the lumberjack libra. you want to hear yeah. you want to hear some lumberjack history and yes recently lumberjacks in eastern canada loggers in british columbia of the three interwoven ages of eastern canadian logging the first belonged to the bearded square timbermen who shoved great bulks of white and red pine and drove them in huge rafts down the rivers to Quebec City. I think that's as good as any narrator's going to do with that too. content, to be honest with you. Are they, are they in British Columbia or are they in Quebec City? <laughs> I didn't write the book. I don't know. Um, 
There's a lot Big of romance box, novels, right, Stacy? There's a is it? How about sleigh like bells? Box? Here's one: sleigh bells on Breadloaf Mountain. <laughs> Let's listen to that. Full of designer labels, and along with them, the kid gloves necessary to handle the drama queens in her life. Yeah, see, I, that voice no. I don't like as well. There's four no. different voices: two for fiction, two for non. Can you pick them as a reader, or or, or no, no? The author picks them. How about a Capon Valley mm-hmm. sampler by Willard Wiltz? To rely on. Mr. Cotty was right. Some of these pieces depend heavily on casual talks I had with him and with neighbors. It's a little, it is oh, a little uh, mechanical. Robotic. But it a lot like better than the old ben ones. Ben Stein. Yeah, well, it's like Ben the other Stein thing reading. <laughs> I don't know. I laughed at Bueller. Ben Stein. Come on. <laughs> Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the board of what is now Learning Ally was recording for the blind and dyslexic. And oh, well imagine for that. Was too. This, that's, is, this that's is huge. Critical, right? It's huge. Uh, and they've been, they've been using electronic voices for quite some time. So to, to improve If that, you're blind, you're kind of used to that. But these this will make it much, much better. I think. But as somebody reminded me to, uh, you know, volunteers from the beginnings of it, it was World War One. Yeah. would go in and record the books. Yeah. A lot of the value, especially for textbook material, is description. Yes, it's 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 describing the photo, describing the chart, well, explaining it credibly. Even which a machine, even a machine could do that. No, time. I think a machine could do a think pretty so? credible description of a photograph. Yeah, I don't know because they're going to miss nuance. Like, let's say you have a picture mm-hmm. of um, like an older woman and a younger person together, bent Turned over a counter. A we have a sponsor. You know, we had a sponsor for a long time that that uh, w- uh, was designed for making websites accessible and one of the things oh, they yeah. did right. was image recognition and give you yeah. a simple description of that image which for the most part my experience was was pretty good and then you could add to it and you're right there are times you know human nuance is gonna but the point is humans are expensive and if you had for yeah. instance the project gutenberg yeah. list of uh, open source books which now include the entire works of uh, sherlock holmes uh and nobody has ever narrated those Better to have a good AI narrator than none at all. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's take a little break. I, we're we're uh, uh, Stacy has to go to a meal. It's always my fault. <laughs> Stacy <laughs> needs waffles. Stacy is tired. Jeff Jarvis is us. Waiting for him. There's a, a bottle of brown liquor waiting for Aunt Pruitt, and uh, mm. I've got to go see a man about a dog. So we're going to take a break now. <laughs> I have dogs from TikTok. We'll get to that. Oh, dogs from TikTok next. But first, a word from our sponsor and a good one. It is a company I've been using for a decade or more. I've been I've been trying to get them on the uh, on the show forever because they make the best email app out there. Not app, service, okay? Uh, I have said for a long time if you care about email and who doesn't, but if your business especially, if you care about email, why are you using free email from Google or Yahoo or heaven forfend AOL or Microsoft uh, where they're snooping on you, where they're putting ads in your email, pay a little bit as little as three bucks a month and get real email from somebody who cares about your privacy. Fast mail. I love fast mail. I have never it like there's no chance in the world. I would ever leave fast mail. Now I moved to fast mail more than a decade ago. And have never stopped using it. Great productivity features. Your personal data is safe, kept away from third parties. GDPR compliant. All your data is stored in the U.S. 
They've got much better spam filters and absolutely no ads, especially if you use those spam filters to keep the ads out of your email. Masked email, I love this, protects your personal data by allowing you to create multiple addresses to use when you sign up for various websites. I actually have more than a dozen websites that I, uh, you know, I have the domain name and I moved the hosting uh, to Fastmail, the DNS to Fastmail, so that I can use those email addresses. Some of them are secret. I don't even want to tell you about, but let's say leoville.com. Anything that comes to at leoville.com comes into my Fastmail inbox. I can sort it by the source. I can sort it by the address it's emailed to. So when I sign up for an account with a new company, I always use the company's name at leoville.com or other I have even shorter ones that I use more often. I just think this is a huge benefit. You know, you can really keep track of who's got your email address and what they're using it for. And if you're somebody like Steve Gibson who changes his email address yearly, you'll love Fastmail. It makes it easy. And the Fastmail filtering system, which is incredibly powerful, means you can say, I only want to see email from people who know my real address, that kind of thing. In fact, one of the great filters I've turned on in Fastmail is I can say, if you're not in my Fastmail contacts, you're not important. I have an important folder. All of you are go into it because you're in my email addresses. Fastmail can manage your contacts and addresses instead of Google, in addition to Google or in addition to Apple. Uh, but if you want to get off of those guys and have Fastmail do it, they have exactly the same calendar syncing, contact syncing. I have all my addresses in uh, Fastmail. It makes it very easy to send email. And as I said, it makes it very easy to filter email. They do both folders and labels. So Google's Gmail is labels only. Traditional IMAP, which is Fastmail does, is folders only. They've got the best of both worlds. So you can have, if you use folders, every mail piece of mail has exactly one folder that it belongs to. If you use labels, you can have multiple labels per email. So a single email can show up in a variety of different places. It's very powerful. They have a wonderful webmail solution that you can customize with colors, custom swipes. They have, don't tell Jeff, night mode and more. And their apps, their iOS and Android apps, that's all I use. They're fantastic. Organize your inbox, scheduled send, snooze, folders, labels, search bar. Keep track of the important details in your life with Fastmail's powerful sidebar. The calendar and address book can live there as well. Notes too. Uh, you manage your own domain if you want. Fastmail also has many domains uh, that, they, that you can use, so you can always use Obfuscate. In fact, if you use Bitwarden, which is, of course, one of our sponsors as a password manager or 1Password, they work with Fastmail to automatically generate not only unique passwords for every account, but unique emails for every account, which, which really is a great way to add security to every single login. Fastmail's fantastic. U.S.-based support team, and they are email experts. They're not just somebody reading out of a script. They know email, and they're always within reach. And because you're a customer, not a product, they're there to serve you. Uh, I use Fastmail. I love Fastmail. I highly recommend Fastmail. Advertisers are left out. Your privacy is the focus. Uh, there is, I've tried, tried them all. There is no better email service out there. And don't worry about losing information. When you move to Fastmail, download your old data, import it to your new Fastmail inbox, or have Fastmail go pick up Mail from the old location and move it into your Fastmail inbox. You'll want to do that because of Fastmail's capabilities. They're so powerful, it makes email usable again. It's so important to me. Uh, you can set up scripts. They actually have a scripting language for filtering. You don't have to use it. I use it because I love it. I've used it for years. Fastmail is also a 
uses open source technology, their Cyrus IMAP server. They contribute back to the Cyrus project. They're even moving email forward with new internet standards. They are a very active player in internet and open source, and I love that about them. New year, new you. I know you want to do this. I know you've been planning to do it. Do it now. Make email yours. Reclaim your privacy, boost productivity. Make email yours with Fastmail. I, I don't know how to say it any more strongly. It is, you will thank me. It is absolutely worth it. You could try it free for 30 days, so just at least try it. Fastmail.com slash twit. I know the idea. Just like moving a password manager, moving fat to a new email provider is a little scary. You don't have to get rid of the old one. You can keep it going. You can even, as I said, get mail from Gmail and move it over as it comes in and all that stuff. So, the, In fact, for a long time, I, read fa- I ran Fastmail in parallel with Gmail, and I have my mail go through Gmail to have the spam filtering from Gmail before it went to Fastmail. I turned that off some years ago because Fastmail's got the best. Their anti-spam is so good. I didn't. It's actually better than Google's. Fastmail.com slash twit. Please use that address fastmail.com slash twit so they know you see it saw it here we want to keep them as a sponsor forever because i'm going to be using fastmail forever fastmail.com slash twit if you go to that address you'll also get a 15 percent discount on the whole first year as little as three dollars a month fat i love fastmail i buy it three-year chunks because <laughs> i know i'm going to be using it forever so every three years i re-up uh, i use a professional uh, version i spend any penny i can with Fastmail because it's that it's that good. Fastmail.com slash twit. We thank them so much for their support and, uh, and providing a really great service. You remember uh, the Soyuz uh, capsule on the space station that started leaking coolant? It turns out it did. <laughs> All of it. It has no cooling system <laughs> left on it. And there are a bunch of astronauts up there. Uh, oh, boy. They're not the Russian uh, and state-owned space corporation uh, Roscosmos and NASA have announced that uh, they are not going to attempt to fly anybody home in uh, in in that capsule because it has no cooling. It would be bad. Uh, so Sergei Prokopiev, Dmitry Petelin, and NASA's Frank Rubio, who are living in the Soyuz MS-22 spacecraft, will be coming home in a new spacecraft. They're going to fly up to it later in the year, and then the leaky vehicle will come back empty, uh, bereft of crew, likely in March. They're actually not living in the Soyuz. They live in the space station, but that was how they were going to get home. But imagine you're an astronaut now. You are dependent upon Putin and Musk. I know. That is really scary. scary. Uh, They believe that it was a tiny meteor fragment or some space junk whizzing around. Uh, something about a millimeter, tiny little thing in diameter that mm. uh, bursts the cooling. This is how dangerous speed. it is. Yeah, it's very dangerous it up there. Um, I feel like that happened in Hail Mary. <laughs> I think you might be right. <laughs> exactly. I think you might be right. Tiny millimeter particles causing headlines. problems. Straight, ripped straight <laughs> from the headlines. Um, I can't wait to talk uh, with you about Project Hail Mary. I think you have a slightly differing opinion about it than uh, than Aunt and I, I do. I think I do. I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. But yeah, we'll talk about it tomorrow, 9 a.m. Watch the interview I did with Andy Weir uh, when that book came out a couple, okay. on a triangulation because I had talked to him for a while. He's great. I love Andy. Uh, he's the guy who wrote The Martian. He took a little detour with Artemis. 
uh, which was about a moon base. I liked a lot, but it was a different kind of story. And I think people wanted more of the Martian. I liked the I liked the Artemis. I did too. In, it was very in, different. Uh, yeah. I believe that was Rosario Dawes, uh, Dawes, Dawes, Dawson. Is that her name? Did they Rosario? make a movie Actress? out of it? She was the um, no. She was the narration. Oh, she read it. Audio. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, there is a movie coming of Project Hail Mary. Ryan Gosling will play the play the uh, lead. Ken. Yeah, Ken. You sound thrilled. <laughs> well, he's Ken in the new Barbie movie. <laughs> Ken. Yes, Ken will be in it. Um, he's a perfect Ken. He's not kind of perfect for the book too, because the guy's a goody two shoes. Right? Grace. What's his name? Grace. Grace. Doctor Grace. Oh yeah, Doctor Grace. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we will be talking about it tomorrow, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Uh, I don't know what that is. Seven, 9 plus 8 is 1700 UTC. Uh, if you're in the club, you got to be in the club. If you're not in the club, join the club. It's not too late. That's right. Twit.tv slash club. Seven bucks a month. You can just buy one month and then, you know, don't worry about it. Seven bucks <laughs> is worth it to join the book club. Uh, we're going right. to have a lot of fun. And it's always fun to see me because I don't usually bathe beforehand or... <laughs> Or shave. It's always or, fun to see Or Leo. brush my hair. So um, it's like you get early I'm morning, I'm just glad Leo. you do those from your house. Yeah. Hey, early morning, Leo. <laughs> It'll be fun. I think it's always fun to see me because 9 a.m. is actually the perfect time. Yeah. No, you're wonderful. Yes. You're wonderful. <laughs> and uh, it's your club. Just, so I'm just a guest. I will bathe this time. Uh, tomorrow morning, Project Halo. It's virtual. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be fun. Television. We actually, if you're since we're talking about the club, we are also going to interview on February 10th another one of my favorite sci-fi authors. Uh, he's going to be in studio with us. Um, the great, the wonderful Daniel Suarez, the author of Demon Ooh. and Freedom TM. His new book is called Critical Mass. It's the sequel to Delta Force V, uh, which was a wonderful book. Daniel's new book comes out in a few weeks. He's going to join us, uh, I think, the week of his the release on February 10th for a live uh, interview. Part of that will appear on uh, Tri Triangulation. Part of it will appear on Ask the Tech Guys. Uh, but all of it will appear in the club, and you'll have a chance to ask him your own questions as well on February 10th and at 11 a.m. I know, I know his book series is old, but I still believe we should have a Freedom and Demon uh, TV series. Ugh. Freedom and Demon were, they were, there was some, you, they grabbed you <laughs> from oh. the very first sentence of Freedom, which, yes. no, Demon yes. was the first one. It grabbed yeah, you and dragged you through the novel. It was Literally. so good. <laughs> it Literally was dragged. so good. <laughs> the premise was kind of like Ready Player One, but it preceded it. Uh, a very talented and famous, should I? Game. Game should developer. I should I not say? Uh, is it a spoiler to say what it's about? I think you. No, it's an old book. <laughs> I think you learn pretty quickly. He is he has passed away, right? And but his house lives yes. on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. It's fantastic. Daniel's yes. a great writer. I love him. He's a great friend. Uh, so in fact, uh, he's going to be up here for a little extra time to uh, do this week in space too, because he's a Mars fanatic. Uh, the yep. day before, and then we're going to go to lunch with them, and we'll have a little bit of a, a powwow in the club. So, if you like sci-fi, this is the right place uh, to be. Twit.tv slash club twit. That's not an ad, so you don't have to cut that out. 
We always debate this. If you like sci-fi, so do we. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we always debate this because we cut the ads out of the Club Twit feed. And then I'm not going to, if I do an ad for Club Twit, we cut that out. But was that an ad or just more talking about it? I think no, it was, that's talking about, yeah. about, the, the, about the, the community. Yeah. That's, that's what they're there for is that community. I am, about them. I am ready to move to Great Britain. Actually, there are a lot of reasons not to. Yeah, these days. <laughs> many, many. But this one's good news. I wish our FCC would do this. If you're building a new home in England, you have to have a gigabit-ready internet connection built in with it. That's awesome, right? That is, I mean, you don't. That mess it. is true. Well, how, where do you get it from if you live in a town that doesn't have it? Well, it's part of the I big building regulations. BT. Yeah, BT, right? British Telecom. New homes in England must now be built with gigabit broadband connections. New laws mean home buyers, renters, and some leaseholders will be able to get lightning fast connections, holding landlords accountable. Right I on. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, there's not it. a lot of gouging. Um, Connection on, costs will be capped at two thousand pounds. That's about twenty four hundred bucks for developers. If a developer building a new property is unable to secure a gigabit ready connection at or below that price, they'll have to install the next fastest connection available. But they'll still have to install the necessary infrastructure so the property can handle it. In other words, ducting and, and things oh, good, like that, good. so that it can handle it in the future. Ninety eight percent of premises, according to the English government will fall within that cost cap. Moving into a new build property without lightning fast internet speeds will become a thing of the past for the variety of vast majority of people across England. Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, screw you. Uh, Just England. (laughs) Just England. (laughs) Because that's uh, all it's going to be soon. Yeah. That's the rest of That's right. Everybody is going to leave. The EU. Go back to the EU. So why can't we do that? If England could do that, why can't we do that? Because we are enthralled to the telco operators. Oh, yes. This yep. is something that we've talked yep. about. Also, I will say, Obvious. in many areas, well, not in many areas, in rural areas, it is actually a problem to get fiber out. To, like we have areas yeah. of the country where very few people live. That would be that would cause some challenges, but mostly it's because the FCC has historically not like forced the telcos to actually meet their broadband promises. Even today, we just got a new broadband map that's actually and they're like, the broadband providers have been lying about how much broadband. Oh, my God. I saw the head of the FCC at an event that was off the record. So, I, you know, but fine. And and she went on about that about saying the broadband map has been really bad and by God it was one well, of we know that. priorities was to get it right. Jessica Rosenworcel met with me when I was at GigaOM at a South by Southwest and was like, "How can I help you <sighs> tell the story about this?" Oh my God! And I was like, "How can yeah. I tell you?" Like she was like, "What do we need to do? What are you hearing? What do you?" And I loved her for that because she like because my whole thing about broadband was reporting was consumers. Like we had right. to talk. We had to take up consumer rights, right? Well, she, she, um, she was she a commissioner was at, of the SEC at the time. Yes. And she's now and the then chair. She, sorry, that was when she was a commissioner. Yeah. Now she's the chair. Well, God bless her. So Love your her. impression of yeah. her was, was, was good, I take it. Yeah, she she pushed things that, like, again, it is such a hard thing to go in against the telcos because they have oh, yeah. such a lock on Congress. 
And they're just like jobs, 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 jobs. And in many places, like I know with AT&T, they still tell people how to vote. Like that's a huge voting block in, in big parts of the country. So well, wait a minute. If AT&T calls me and says, hi, I'm AT&T. I'm going to tell you how to vote. No, they tell their employees. Please. how to vote. Oh, their employees. Okay. Because I would just go yeah. the opposite. Whatever they said, I would do the opposite. Well, yes. <laughs> but I guess it's totally fair. If, you, if they sign right. your paycheck, it might be a different matter entirely. All right. That's well, terrible. I mean, no different, one knows how you different vote. Different incentive, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and they're like, AT&T tells their employees, like, if you don't let this happen, you know, if you vote against this, it will hurt your job. Yeah. I I actually, uh, so one of the reasons I'm glad not to do the radio show anymore is it was owned by iHeart. And we would get periodic emails from Bob Pittman, the CEO, saying, please give money to our PAC. So that we can buy yeah. congressmen and women so That's that right. we will get our way in yeah. Congress. And I thought that was offensive. Did they hell. check to see whether you had? Well, you I think you donated through them so they would know, I think. Yeah. I mean, there was no, I never got, I never did, of course. And I never got, you know, reprimanded for not. But I, but maybe a lower level employee or, uh, uh, you know, would. My well, actual on staff, employee, but I think this yeah. is normal. This is uh, normal operations for for big business in America. They have packs, and they want, well, sort of unions for that matter, right? They have packs, and they want. Uh, I would go. I would show you the email, but I can't get in anymore. They locked me out. So, which is right. I don't. Work, <laughs> I don't work for them anymore. So that's okay. Um, let's talk about tech gone wrong. It's the new segment. Tech gone wrong. <laughs> oh, no. it, also if, known as AI. As, also no. known as moral panic. Also known. Well, you might agree with we'll this see. one, Jeff. We'll see. The FAA had to ground thousands of flights oh, overnight. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> because there was a system-wide outage of one of the most important systems that they run. Yeah, by the time you woke up, it was fixed. But 9 a.m. Uh, Eastern, it was fixed. Um the the thing is called N O A M or no well, it is it is notice to air tams no tam to airmen no tams no but tams. then uh Buttigieg changed it to air mission to degender it and of course the republicans are going after that well he did that but he didn't fix it <laughs> okay well it's airmen or air missions no in any way what it does it's critical to planning flights it's uh, shares you, before you file a flight plan, you get the NOTAM to make sure you're not flying into a hazard on the air or on the ground, closed runways, airspace restrictions, navigational signal disruptions. Um, created in 1947 when there were airmen. Now it's uh, air missions. Anyway, well, air, even, then, even then, what, what's her there name? Were lost. Yeah, yeah well, sure. that's why she wasn't an airman. <laughs> What's her name? Amelia Earhart? You, that, that one. Who we're Earhart. talking about? I'm that old. One. I forget. Oh, we don't know names. It's not gendered. It's just we <laughs> yeah, don't know no, any names. No, Johannes Giggleberg or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's her name? Well, uh, what, the, what I thought was kind of crazy about this is the computer system went down, so they reverted to phone calls, and that worked because they had an old phone system. But then the phone system was overloaded as well. Yeah, they didn't more, have enough. Oh, my God. Which makes sense. But I was like, so it didn't totally fail. But I was really curious. Like, do we know if it was a cyber attack yet? No evidence of a cyber attack, according to President Biden. He did ask Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation, to report back when a cause for failure has been identified. 
Canada's uh, so. went down today too. Unrelated. Oh, is it though? Oh, but I, is I, it? I don't want to. I don't want to start conspiracy theories. But yes, that's a big coinky dink. It is indeed. It is. Hmm. Is it a special day? What what a day is it? It's the 11, so it's 0111. NAV Canada was struck with a brief outage just after 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, restored three hours later. No delays to schedule flights because backup measures allowed operations to continue. Uh, according to New York Times. Oh, uh, look who has redundancy. Oh, it's not they have redundancy. They have three <laughs> airplanes. It's easy. You just, you know. <laughs> they just go back and forth across they have the one country. gate. They just change the sign. They, the sign. <laughs> they stop in Calgary along the way. <laughs> Every change flight in Canada sign. stops in Calgary. It's part of the deal. No, they don't. It's not. But we're 9,000 flights delayed uh, yesterday, uh, according to Flight Aware. That's quite a bit. A lot of grounded planes. Today. 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 Yesterday. This morning. Oh, it was overnight. We were listening to this. It was in the past. It's not now. To see how, last, how long but... this will trickle down, you know, because oh, yeah, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, well, 9,000 flights. And, it, and remember that there was... You know, it was never just 15 minutes delay. Right. <laughs> remember there was a, a, a battle between the airlines and uh, the telcos over 5G because the 5G right. radio towers transmitted on a frequency that could interfere with altimeters... Which is a you know kind of important part it's of your airplane, a yeah, little thing. Well, really, what it really was is that these old altimeters, uh, some of them not so old, did not filter out frequencies that were completely irrelevant to them. So the five G signals could interfere with them. According to the FAA, about a thousand planes still have altimeters listening to signals in the wrong frequency, and they're saying, "But you got a year to fix it." Don't worry. So the the temporary fix between the uh, FAA and uh, the telcos was don't build a 5G tower near an airport. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I guess we're going to have to wait another year. Anyway, uh, AT&T and Verizon could not fully deploy 5G on the C-band. That's the spectrum that was an issue. Mm-hmm. Those are, that was C-band spectrum cost them $69 billion between the two of them. Um. Altimeters this normally. This is so irritating. It's very irritating because it's poor design. Altimeters don't work on the C band. They work on 4.2 to 4.4 gigahertz. C band is lower, much, 3.7 to 3.98. But because they didn't have notch filters on the altimeters, they would get interfered with the lower frequencies. Uh, anyway, and now we're going to give them another year to fix it. They should have designed it right in the first place, if you ask me. Uh, the uh, Bloomberg report says lobby group Airlines for America uh, said airlines are working diligently to ensure fleets are equipped with compliant radio altimeters. But global supply chains continue to lack behind current demand. So any government deadline must consider this reality. Anyway, um, the the problem is really these older altimeters are are ignoring the rules. They're ignoring their assigned yes. spectrum. It's the same thing. Yeah, we go through this every year because plenty of people make cheaper electronics by not putting effective guardrails on their spectrum usage. Yeah. And then the FCC is like, oh, hey, we want to use that for broadband. And then they're like, no. You can't. We, we just, it could hurt. So FCC has, in fact, launched an inquiry into poorly designed wireless devices that receive transmissions from outside their allotted frequencies. 
mm-hmm. we'll see what happens, but it potentially could result in new uh, regulations. Basically, if you were yeah, if you were designing a device that is going to use any spectrum band, you should be designing to a very uh, stringent spec now because we've got a couple new tech we've got a a huge need for broadband but two we've got spectrum sharing technologies now that are highly accurate and digitized so you can't afford to be sloppy because it's a digital world now and you can parse it to the like tidiest little hertz so yeah you can't be sloppy anymore that's the moral here john brodkin (laughs) writing uh, for ars technica says traditionally the fcc only regulated transmitters not receivers. Uh, oh, that was a mistake, as it turns out. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they're gonna maybe maybe gonna fix that after the investigation. Also, in our, are you yawning? Am I boring you? I'm so sorry. We were talking about Spectrum. I love it. This is your stuff. Yeah. I put this in just for I, you. I gave up caffeine for New Year. I'm sorry. No, you, you did really. Heart. What's wrong with you? Yeah. That's nuts. I my New Year's resolution was to drink more coffee. I coffee. I decided I stopped. Does it make you jittery? Food, so I stopped drinking coffee. Does it make no, you? No, I jittery? just wanted to see if I could do it. It's like a dry January for caffeine. Isn't it helpful for migraines? About the drinks. Well, that's why I'm doing it because oh, if I can yes. actually not be addicted to it when I have uh, a migraine, if I chug coffee, then it'll be like oh, bam. Oh, you'll get a better. Oh, uh, I that's see. Smart. Oh, yeah, that's smart. That's the theory. I don't know if it's going to work. Eliminate the stuff about the Panera drinks. No. The what? It was hilarious TikTok. Jeff is our fast food expert, I got to say. Okay, TikTok. He's just on TikTok. finally realized TikTok time. So so, uh, people are drinking the Panera, and they don't realize how the the, the ones that are, like, oomphed up are really oomphed up. Lots of caffeine and sugar, too. Lots of caffeine. Yeah. Jeff Jeff has done, by the way, I got to point this out. So... We Jeff created both a TikTok section of the. You could show the show the rundown real quickly. And there is a TikTok section, and there is a TikTok news. corner. Corner. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Just a way to get more TikTok in? It was a way to separate the news from the funds when we need that little cleanser there. Oh my! The Chipotle. It was what's more perfect as a twig story. That's something that combines Chipotle and TikTok. All right, I guess. I, ask you. I guess I will answer I by playing mm-hmm. this. You Chipotle is adding the TikTok famous quesadilla hack. I didn't even know about the quesadilla hack. What? Because well, you're not. You're not in, with the hip kids with me and TikTok. Let's Man. let's watch. How about Chipotle. Oh. That's Alexis. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Chipotle hurt, and it's coming to the Chipotle app. But it's going to take a little while because they got to get it just right. So it's coming in March. Why is she us. in the backseat? Because right I'll explain. <laughs> I'll explain. If you go to the other thing in the. Okay, go here the, we go. Here go we go. Go to the other one. No, 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 no. Go to the next that. line of the rundown. Oh, go the good rundown. Lord. Okay. So the, hey, I, this is where. <laughs> It's not a democracy, but it is Hollywood. This is where it's. This is where it's my TikTok corner. The only problem with TikTok is you can't rewind very easily. All right, I'm now going to play where it started. Extra cheese. You can rewind that. That's not that hard. You know how to use video. No, look what happens. It stops. Well, then shut up and it goes. Eating what employees would order? Chipotle. Steak quesadilla with extra cheese and fajita veggies. The person that originally suggested this to me said that it tasted like a Philly cheesesteak. 
combine these two. This is Alexis dot frost. Definitely on, a ten on uh-huh. TikTok. So the hack is oh, so, so to this order happened. at Chipotle to order a quesadilla with steak and then add vegetables from the fajita and extra menu. cheese and extra, extra cheese, cheese, right? Okay. And so evidently, this was causing much tsuris, much agita among employees at TikTok because they were like running out of beef. They were getting into fights. You're People not supposed to get this. fajita vegetables in your steak, dude. Exactly. You're not supposed to do that. That's against the rules. So at first, stores were refusing and, and people were getting angry as hell because this is TikTok hot. And so TikTok finally relented and now they're going to add it to the menu. And so just, you see those two people on the TikTok Alexis in their victory Frost, march. Just to, just, to, just to point this out, 1.9 million Views of this of this video. Oh, now he's in the back seat. Yeah, he's in the back seat. Exactly. Get the quesadilla hack put in the app. Oh, you know why? Because we want to get it just. Their phone doesn't have a wide enough angle uh, camera to get them yeah. both in the front seat, so one has to sit right behind the other one. But it is happening. The quesadilla hack is coming to the Chipotle app in March. March is around the corner. It's coming. That's cute. I guess it's cute. Victory. Cute. Hey, you want to see really Frost. cute? You want to see really cute dogs of TikTok next two lines. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, the dogs on the bus are fine. Oh, they're fun. They're cute. I get, I followed I followed them for ages because I guess I'm these dogs close to them ride dogs. a bus like humans, and now the internet is in love. Oh Lord, don't bring your dog on a bus. Is that well, no, 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 it's no, not no, no. That. It's, it's a company a, that yeah, walks it's, it's dogs. Walk so dogs. you go, they have a doggy bus. They pick up your pooch. Oh, they have a bus. A hike. It's yeah. not a public yes, bus. it's for the dogs. Okay. Then the next line on the rundown shows them getting on the bus all happy. Not happy this one. They are the very cute. All right, let's see. The right, pooch the is getting yeah. on. Because they know they're going for a walk once they get off the bus. Yeah. yeah, they get happy. Okay, here they come. Oh, they're happy. Morning, Jake. Hi, how are you? Can I sit in the, in the back this you. time? I would like to. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Somebody's already in my seat, I'm man. Back. Yeah. Hello. Hey. Oh, okay. Uh, here we go. Sniff my name. butt. Oh, Thank yep, you. same butt. <laughs> oh, look. They have special seatbelts that are leashes. They do. Which doesn't, isn't going to save the dog if you get in a crash. No. It's just going to go flying. <laughs> okay, like a, like a little cannonball attached to a string. Oh, oh, here's another one. He's waiting. He's just waiting. Yeah. Oh, look, he's happy. Oh. Wow. So so people just put let their dog go outside? Good morning, baby. It's in Alaska. And, oh. Those dogs know better. Wow. Hey, you smell the same. That is a completely different dog. Yeah. Well, Where'd the husky go? Well... I don't know where the huskies go, but don't you eat that yellow snow. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, okay. Boy, oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let me look your face. Isn't that cute? Do <laughs> you think Kylo uh, would enjoy this, uh, Aunt? Well, good morning. Ky- Kylo would be fine. Biscuit would raise hell on that. Yeah. I imagine they have to throw people it's off the bus the dog. sometimes, you know. like People? Well, dogs. Dogs are people, too. <laughs> All right. That's enough of this. Okay, that was TikTok Corner. Folks. It's TikTok Corner. Tied in. I don't do it often. I do it when we find the right stuff. Actually, this is. A, I'm glad you put this story in from Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech did a white paper on uh, TikTok and security, and came up with the conclusion that in fact TikTok is not a threat to our national security. Now it's pretty much an opinion piece. Oh, as a paper, it's not a but, study. Well, no, it 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 is. But it, um, 
just to be clear, it wasn't like there was new data. It, it was just analyzing and going through and saying why, in their view, it's not a threat. Yeah, we've and seen this. Kaspersky points. also, and I referred to this a couple of weeks ago, had a, a a little bit more specific research into what TikTok collects and what they don't collect. Um, executive summary. TikTok is a commercially motivated enterprise, not a tool of the Chinese state. ByteDance's organizational structure reflects an attempt to segregate the Chinese market from global markets so that it can export its AI services globally. This split works to the advantage of both sides. Chinese government efforts to assert control over ByteDance's Chinese subsidiaries are targeting its domestic Chinese services, not it's overseas operations. We have talked about that, that the, the Chinese version of TikTok is a different animal. Very. All right. But they understand that they're making, they're trying to make money in the U.S. And they're not, they can't do the same thing in the U.S. that they do in China. This report did not receive any funding from TikTok, ByteDance, or any interested party. Says IGP, which is the Internet Government Governance, Governance. Project at the uh, University of Georgia Tech. Georgia Technology Institute. So, by the way, there was a there was a, a a friend of mine just sent this to me. I didn't see it. Uh, there was a Times Magazine feature about TikTok and why is it in such hot water and so on and so forth. Long magazine. It's piece. political. Right? In it, yeah. it says that Zhang Ziming, who founded ByteDance, mm -hmm. uh, when he was 27 years old in 2010, uh, he he used a service called Duban, which was a like Rotten Tomatoes and Goodreads. And he recorded the books he wanted to read. The first on the list, what would Google do? Oh, <laughs> congratulations. I think that's cool. You I want to try to get TikTok. to him and send him a, send him a uh, autographed, autographed copy. copy. Wow. Yeah, get in trouble with the Republicans. And then just down the road from here, there's the story of the Tick Tesla, the Tick Tesla on autopilot that caused a horrific. Oh, no, this isn't it. This isn't it. Let me find the other one that caused a horrific oh, crash. That's all my rundown. On the Bay Bridge. On the bridge, by the way. Another reason not to go on bridges. The uh, Tesla. That's not a which, reason. It's, yes, not, it is. it's not clear, a by Tesla the way. Tesla stop out of nowhere. It's not clear if up. the Tesla was on autopilot or the not. The driver said it was. Driver said it was, but maybe the driver didn't want to take responsibility for suddenly changing lanes all the way into the fast lane and then st stopping on the brakes. Here's a video from uh, the bridge of the car suddenly getting in the left lane and just stopping. And then, and then watch, watch. Now, you got to kind of fault the cars plowing into one another for I'll, following too close. Up, one goes, oops, yeah. there goes one above the other. A nine-year-old kid was injured. There were a number of injuries, none none critical. But uh, you could see all the cars. There was quite a few cars. Let's see another view uh, from the bridge. So the car goes in the left lane suddenly and then just, boom, stops on the see brakes. It up there, yeah. yeah. Uh, this was, Again, by the way, ironically, the day Tesla released full self-driving to all vehicles yes. in North America. So, so, Mr. Laporte, with that being uh, allegedly the full self-driving software, the the driver couldn't intervene. Yeah. within those three yeah. seconds. Yeah, to so say, I'll tell you, crap, let me hit the accelerator. Attention. I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I wouldn't, I, you know, and I had a Tesla that didn't have FSD, but I would never take my hands off the wheel. You're not allowed to. The Tesla will say, get your hands back on the wheel. And I would always right. keep my eye open because there's many of the time the our Model X tried to plow into the dividers on the freeway or things like that. Uh, really? Fairly frequently, it would uh, jam the brakes on uh, stopping for a ghost that it saw, you know, because mm -hmm. it has right. that feature where it can stop. 
keep you from running into somebody or something. Right. But it would often do it just with nothing going on. It happened to Lisa all the time. Um, so I never trusted it. And I think that's a mistake, frankly, uh, to, to trust it. So, the, yeah, I think the driver bears, bears some responsibility, whether the driver really did leave autopilot on. At least if it starts veering over and jamming on the brakes. Problem is when it jams on the brakes, that's hard to override. That's okay. like at that point, it's like you're you're kind of out of control. So yeah. I don't know. And you I, have to. If you're going so fast, you also have like there is that second of what the hell is happening. There's always a second mm-hmm. or oh my two God. of orientation. That's right. <laughs> yep. And then decide, and you can't. I mean, if you think about it, you can't go from a stop to a straight boom. By then, someone's probably already hit you. But because I mean, you don't. You have a Tesla. Doesn't have. A, it doesn't have full self driving. It no, it no. doesn't. But I would say. And I'm okay with that. I would say that really the bottom line is here. We are all in a beta test of a not so good product risking yes. our lives uh, because we don't have a choice. It's on the highways and around Northern California. It's every other vehicle is a Tesla. Uh, so with lawsuits, who's going to get sued? The, oh, driver the driver or Tesla? Absolutely the driver, not the Tesla. No. Think so? Yeah. Yeah, the driver was still responsible for the vehicle. You don't give up responsibility. That's, you know, that's the other story that I was about to show. Was a, <laughs> uh, Tesla uh, on autopilot led police on a chase because the driver was asleep. Oh, yeah. This is in Germany. The driver was asleep. But here's the key. The driver had attached a weight to his steering wheel oh, so that the yeah. Tesla would think he was driving it and then took a nap. <laughs> the police knew that Brilliant. the driver was not driving a because they couldn't see his head he was reclined but b because every time they tried to stop the tesla it would it was traveling exactly 70 miles an hour and if they pulled in front of it it would slow down and speed up to match the, the car in front of it uh the tesla kept the same distance from the patrol car in front as they traveled down the autobahn well wait a second if, if the control if, if it if the Patrol car had just slowed to a stop. They should have stopped. stopped. I think they must have. That's how they got the guy. Well, let's go to the other lane, unless, unless it was doing that. No, I don't think it would do that. I don't think they're that. I, don't, I think you have to use this turn signal and tell it to go to another lane. Anyway, that is our segment of technology gone wrong. Unless you want to see... Where did I, where did I find this? Uh, there was a... Is it a TikTok of the... Um, the... Uh, Boston Dynamics doggy, or no? Is the Boston Dynamics robot failing? I would say that. No. Oh, I missed Uh-oh. it. It was pretty funny. Oh shoot! I think it was in another story, and I thought, you know, I should I should show this later, but I don't remember where it was. It'll make Stacy feel better. Yeah, it will too. <laughs> you will like it. Now, here's something that's going to make you mad. Do you remember a song by a guy named Afro Man? I was going to clean my room, but then I got high. I was going to go to school, but then I got high. Well, that was, what, how many years? 20 years ago? I don't know, 10 years ago? Uh, My kids used to listen. At least a decade. At least a decade. At least a decade. So Afro Man, I don't know if he's made a million dollars on that, but he's living in a kind of, you know, a poor county, Adams County in Ohio. And for some reason, the police decided that he had... Not only a lot of marijuana, but he was actually trafficking in narcotics and kidnapped somebody. So they raided his house. They broke down the door. And all he could do, he said, is make a video. This is Afro Man, his song, 
Will you help me repair my door? <laughs> Featuring video of the Adams County Sheriff's Office oh dressed as if invading a Taliban stronghold. Nice car collection. Look at that. He's pointing his gun down behind the sofa like there's... It's like he's going to shoot a cat. Yeah. This is this was an actual raid. They found nothing except a vape pen that Afroman says somebody left behind in one joint. Here they are breaking his gate to get in with their tactical vehicles. Look at this. They broke down his door. They rammed his door down. <laughs> this is hilarious. So sad, dude. Unless you're Afro man, it is, yeah. Yeah. This is why a p- police force does not need to be. They do fun. not need, need to be militarized. Training. Yeah, this is there's his, there's his, by the way, his mom made this lemon pound cake. This, this somewhat overweight officer is very intrigued by, but, you know, fortunately has a good sense not to eat the lemon pound cake. Oh, it was tempting. They realized after a while, yeah, they, they realized after a while that uh, he had cameras in, the, in his house. <laughs> they thought he was. I I hope he does. I hope Afro Man does not take me down. They they went through his closet and found some cash that Afro Man says, "Yeah, that was from a gig I did about five years ago with Snoop Dogg, and I forgot, and they paid me. I stuck it in my pocket." So they confiscated all the money. And then, and this I think is reprehensible, they went around and disconnected all the cameras. They realized, oh my God, everything we're doing here is being recorded by security cameras. So they... Uh, he went to the. They never filed charges, of course, because I hope he did. Yeah, I hope he. It, well, yeah. he asked for his cash back. They gave him all the cash back minus four hundred dollars. So they actually stole some money from him. He says he alleges. Oh, I'm sure that's civil forfeiture. Yes, I'm sure it is. He has all this video of it. He still it's has CDs? But then they, they go and they start disconnecting the cameras, which I honestly... That's almost an admission of guilt, right? We don't, yeah, we don't want anybody to know what we're doing in here. Um, because disconnecting the cameras means it never happens. Yeah. Never, yeah. never mind storage so on the camera. So thank goodness Afro Cloud Man stuff. has a voice and posted this. He actually posted two two songs. He also had one about his, uh, his mom's... Uh, a lemon pound cake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so mom. Uh, they say uh, the money was miscounted, um, but it was. I probably, uh, you know, if they if he sues him, it'll probably be well. It's civil uh, forfeiture. Here's the lemon pound cake official music video. <laughs> you know what? This is his only way of getting the money back. Yeah. <laughs> Lemon pound cake. <laughs> on TikTok. Lemon pound cake. 
He's a family guy. I wow. have to say, I have new respect for Afro Man. He oh, obviously I do too. was not too high to make those two videos. I also think, honestly, there ought to be a little bit of uh, retribution for the Adams County yeah, Sheriff's Yeah, something needs to be done about yeah, that. This is not okay. Absolutely. This is not okay. Uh, the raid took place um, summer of last year. Took him a while to put the videos out. Uh, the good news is the clips and the videos have gone viral. <laughs> you know, huge on TikTok. Uh, there are millions of views. Um, all joking aside, I mean, they could have killed him. Yeah. They're yep. coming to this house. Yeah. They're militarized. He was not there. He says, you terrorized my kids. They burst down the... They did not, you know, ask the... Ring the doorbell. Maybe the kids were told not to open the doorbell, but... Uh, open the door to uh, strangers, but uh, he terrorized the kids. Afro man said, uh, "He was not there." So, yeah, it's it's sad. Two point four million likes on this one. Well, I think he probably does. Exposure. I think he probably does. Uh, and this is where TikTok, YouTube. This this is uh, this is another way to have a voice in the world, isn't it? Um, uh, we've talked before about canary warrants. In a minute, I'm going to show you the best canary warrant. Ever, and if you ask me. But first, a word from our sponsor, Melissa. Ladies and gentlemen, you uh, if you have a business, you have lists of customer data, right? Customers, suppliers. You have lists of addresses and emails. You know those lists are going bad as we speak because people move. Names change. Addresses change. How do you... That is valuable information that is slowly withering away right now. You need Melissa, a leading provider of global data quality, identity verification, and address management solutions. Data quality is an actual cost center in your business. If you go to melissa.com slash twit, you can use Melissa's ROI calculator. They'll show you clear information related to marketing and customer outreach that could be strained by inflation and increasing costs and deterioration of the information. A sample scenario highlights a mailing list, 50,000 recipients. That's relatively small. As many as 6,500 of them undeliverable because it's deteriorated. Melissa's address verification removes bad addresses. That could save that sender as much as $23,000 on postage and material costs. That's a significant amount of money. Poor data quality can cost organizations an average of $15 million every year. And, of course, the longer it goes, the more losses your business can accumulate. Your customer information has to be accurate. High-quality data that saves you money makes you money. With Melissa's technologies, you can enable faster workflows because you can use their API to create auto-completion tools that stop data mistakes on entry. Whether it's by the customer or a customer service rep, you start typing, it gets corrected as you type. You can reduce undeliverable mail based on validated, standardized addresses for customers, not just in the U.S., but worldwide. You can eliminate waste and lost opportunities from incorrect mailings. You can improve customer satisfaction with seamless real-time identity verification tools. And, of course, for fraud, to eliminate fraud, these tools are very important. You can match and deduplicate information to establish a single high-quality customer record linking all the customer touch points for an ideal 360-degree view of each customer. Merge them all together so that one record says it all. 
And because they work in compliance with the United States Postal Service's move update requirements, it means you get the most current address data through processing in the USPS's national change of address database. It's all automatic as a Melissa customer. Since 1985, Melissa has specialized in global intelligence solutions to help organizations unlock accurate data for a more compelling customer view. And Melissa, of course, continually undergoes independent security audits because they know your data is solid gold. They protect it just like you'd want them to. SOC 2, HIPAA, GDPR compliant, and regular uh, third-party audits to ensure your data is in the best hands. Make sure your customer contact data is up to date. Get started today. 1,000 records clean, free. Great way to try it out. Melissa.com slash twit. On-prem, in the cloud, SaaS, secure FTP, and API. There's any way you want it. Melissa's got it. Melissa.com slash twit. We thank them so much uh, for the work they do and for supporting this week in Google. You know what a warrant canary is? I bet Stacy knows what a warrant canary is. Stacy's my, my chat a, GPT no. for the week. Sorry. Oh, crazy. Um, <laughs> it is a report that a company puts out to indicate that it has had uh, secret warrants from the Justice Department or other entities asking about things they can't talk about. You're not allowed to tell the world if you get one of those warrants in many cases. So a warrant canary, well, here's a perfect one from RSync, which is uh, open source software. They even call it a warrant canary, which may be violating the law. I don't know. They say, uh, because we would not be able to tell you, we will comply as we are required to with warrants. But in some cases, we can't tell you. So we are going to update this every week. It is a cryptographically signed message that says, up to this point, no warrants have been served, nor have any searches or seizures taken place. And then they're going to put a cut-and-paste headline from a major news source. Uh, and this is the most recent one, January 9th. And here's the Reuters story from January 8th to prove you wouldn't know how the 76ers and the Pistons did until <laughs> January 8th. So that proves that's when this was generated. Here's the PGP signature. If this disappears, they got served. So it's like a dead man switch. If this disappears from the R-Sync site, they can't say that they haven't had a search or seizure, so they have to take it down. I think this is the way to do it. That's brilliant. We, I'm going to start, I'm going to do my own warrant canary. Not that we know anything about you. You don't have any data on anything. <laughs> Nobody cares what you have. Oh, darn it. I'm totally confused by this this premise. It's the opposite. Oh. It's the opposite. So if you see this, you know you're good. If you don't okay. see this, because they aren't allowed to say we got searched, right? So okay. they can't put up a, uh, what they'd like to do is put up a notice. Hey, we just turned over all the information to the FBI, just so you know. They Watch can't out, guys. They can't okay. do that in many cases. Because these no, uh, these national safety of the security letters, what do they call them, NSLs, won't often say, and you may not disclose. This has been a problem historically for years, thanks to the Patriot Act, for a lot of companies. They get served, but they can't say anything. So the warrant canary, they put this up. As long as it stays up, they haven't been served. Does that make sense? Gotcha. And as soon as yep. it's a dead man switch, as soon as it's gone, you're dead. I, just, I thought it's it was basically saying this thing that y'all might be worried about happening has not, has happened, not happened yet. yet. Yeah. And when it goes away, you're like, oh, it just happened. 
I don't know if I like this or not. I hope Google doesn't do this. Your Amazon Echo now has a new keyword. Hey, Disney. Will you turn this on, well, okay, Stacey? So you might turn this on, no, right? I would not. No, I don't want to talk to anybody. Um, <laughs> I don't even talk to. I don't even talk to Madame but, A anymore. But C three PO might talk. But this is for Madame A. C three PO might respond yeah. or or picture. How much? What was this deal? So this is an. I think this is a really interesting deal because Disney worked closely with Amazon to create these personalized characters, and it's an exclusive deal through. Uh, Amazon. And it's kind of like if you wanted to create this like vocal assistant to talk to your diehard users, like Leo, maybe someone wants to wake up to you in the morning and saying all their stuff, you could actually create the twit assistant and pay Amazon to do that for you. Which They're is also kind of an interesting business. Yeah. They're also going to put echoes in all the uh, Disney uh, resort hotels. hotels. How, would, how would Leo wake you up if you could, if you hey. could get that service? Hey. <laughs> What you doing sleeping? I've been up for hours. <laughs> I'd more likely say, it's okay. Go back to sleep. We don't. It, there's nothing to see. There's here. nothing to rush there's to. to. Just rush chill. To. Just relax. Do as I am doing it. Turn off this alarm and roll over. <laughs> Guests staying in select Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort hotels will be able to ask questions about park hours, request fresh towels. Hey, Disney, I want some fresh towels up here. Access other helpful features. And if you have a Magic Band Plus, which you use in the park to get on rides and get into the park and stuff, uh, it will buzz. It will transform into a game show style buzzer. When you answer trivia questions, it will react with lights and vibrations. It will also light up and buzz when you're alarm. It's kind of like, you know, if you're on house arrest and you have that ankle thing. It's <laughs> kind of like that. Wow. Yeah, kind of like that, uh, you know, that ankle bracelet. Uh, it'll buzz you and wake you up and all kinds of things. And I guess uh, for a fee, I don't know if it's free, because most, most of the other Echo voices are not. I have Samuel L. Jackson swearing at me from time to time. Uh, Melissa McCarthy it, telling me jokes. Is this something that's really useful? No, no, it's cool. Folks but with accessibility. If you have kids, issues? it's neat because, like, they have yeah. character. Like, you can actually talk to Olaf. the characters. So, Olaf if, like, your six-year-old loves Olaf. Yeah. yeah, let it go. Okay. Now I get it. Or if you're in the mood to cook a nice meal, you could say, "Hey, I want you know, uh, ratatouille rat. Tell me what to make." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, wow. But remember, we told you that Amazon is losing a lot of money on Echo, right? As much as ten billion dollars a year, so I still don't understand how they lose money on it because it costs. They have a lot of developers. Well, there's a couple things. There's one they had a bunch of people like they hired like mad to do things like uh, not attestation. What's it called when you're annotation? Sorry, annotations. So they were annotate. So they had all these people all over the world annotating to make Madame A better. They also hired a bunch of people to go in all sorts of crazy directions like, oh, yeah, you want to put Madame A in his college? We're going to set up a team of 200 people to do that. And so uh -huh. that's kind of they just went a little nuts. Also, it costs money. A server is not free. I think we often feel like Google's free or whatever. But uh, every search you do on Google costs, a, you know, a fraction of a cent. Um, Chat GPT is 10 times more expensive, according to Sam Altman. So uh, servers cost money. They use electricity. You got to build a facility. I mean, it's not cheap. So yeah, it's possible to lose ten billion dollars a year, especially since they don't make money on the hardware. That was the key on that story. Was they sell you those Echo devices 
at sure. cost, right? So yeah. they have to. They thought people would buy a lot of stuff. So, See, but I goes, think this is uh, them finding a new revenue model, right? Okay, how about a Disney thing? I noticed, okay, by the way, my Echo Show keeps saying, "Don't you want to have the Avatar experience on your Echo?" No, no. <laughs> but I'm sure. No. I mean, it's still do. It's still doing it. I'm sure Avatar. Whoever that movie company is uh, paid him a lot of money. They are bringing that. ads to Echo, and yep. eventually they will bring it to your uh, you bet. other things. You oh, bet. the dog ate the camera again. Kylo's very uh, active, uh, biting that. He's out. He's <laughs> gone. <laughs> so, Leo, back to, your, back to your search engine. I wonder whether this whole talk about ChatGPT and search, people, we thought that people were going to, speak sentences to this device and it was going to speak sentences back to us and this was going to replace so much interaction with the digital world and it didn't happen that's the real import of the story so is that just voice or is that we don't really want to end up in full sentences we want to be able to say pizza near me and leave it at that and i don't want a, a sermon well i think pizza. there's that's the cheaper we route it. of going from anyway, a development standpoint yeah. right yeah. Well, I think it's hard to do with voice. So I had a, I had actually the voice designer for Google. So a woman oh, named cool. Kathy Pearl, we talked about this on my show. Yeah, she oh, was really cool. cool. And she talked about, you know, with voice, one of the challenges is because you only have one thing you can say back to someone. If you say, hey, I want to order a pizza, you, you don't really want to spend the time saying where like then the response is where would you like to get your pizza from Domino's? what kind of pizza do you want i mean that's a pretty like for that level of oh, interaction yep. she's like it's possible she says the best way that she thinks about it is is this a conversation you would have with a friend or a person and if you would actually say all that to them then it's possible but for the most part those longer interactions the problem with voice is you have so much choice and so unless you go in ahead of time and say, I always want to order from Papa John's and I always want a pineapple and bacon pizza, you know, then can you, you can even order it for your protection can you even and not be given such a thing. Can you even order food on an Echo? I mean, could I say to... You, they did have a Domino's. So again, Domino's is a tech forward company. Yeah. They had an um, Alexa skill. So you could say, hey, Madam A, open okay. up the Domino's skill. Oh. And then you could order a pizza. It was too many steps, probably. I think people really, mostly I just want to know I, when my asparagus I, is done, frankly. I set timers. Seems like that's what it boils down to. Yeah. It's just too daggone I steam it. I don't boil it. Voice. Okay, yeah. You should, sh oh, shove it in the June. What are you doing? Shove it in the June. Oh, that's roasting. Drizzle some olive oh, oil. Oh, we do that with. Uh, Pop that in there. Oh, no, we do that with well, Brussels sprouts. It really, the June is very good at Brussels sprouts. We went through a whole it's phase. Nothing could be good at Brussels sprouts. A phase. I'll do oh, asparagus phase. next time. Thank you. Try it. About five years ago, almost five years ago, we had uh, a company called Reviver on the new screensavers. It's me and Patrick Norton showing off. They're digital license plates. Let me see if I can uh, skip ahead. Look, have you going to explain why now. anyone would ever do this Take to me? Uh, it seemed like a really bad idea. Yeah, I hope that uh, the new screensavers don't take us down. <laughs> Here is the uh, CEO of uh, Reviver, which is a company that made uh, digital license plates. They had not yet gotten it approved. One of our staffers, uh, no longer here, Josh, uh, bought one of these. <laughs> Actually, it's you rent it for them like a expensive monthly fee, 
and one and got pulled over by a CHP officer who said, "What the hell is that like? You, you need a license plate, dude." And he said, "No, no, it's a legal license plate." Uh, they they stretch a little bit to find a use for uh, these revivers. Uh, I have seen them from time to time on uh, on vehicles around town. Look, you can even have a picture of me on, <laughs> That's on your the only license. license. I need. Yeah. Well, you turns out anywhere. Turns out they got hacked. Uh, no. Researchers hacked California's digital license plate, gaining access to GPS location and user info just months after the release of the Reviver uh, R plates. So it's only a matter of time. They went on sale in Cal- so those, California late last those year. Those were legit. You could use those legally on yeah. the road. It took them a while to get uh, government approval. Cool. But, uh, well, uh, not I, so when cool. I put this in the, in the rundown. <laughs> well, yeah, then there's that, that other part. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot had a funny link to, like, why would anyone ever do this? Yeah, it was expensive, too, as I remember. Ever. But I don't know why Josh, Josh thought it was cool, I guess. The bug also allowed researchers to update the status of any digital California plate to stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Likely getting you uh, pulled over. I would, you know, I would, I would guess. Man. Yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe not such a, a, a good idea. I'm, I'm just saying, just thinking, um, let's see what else, what else is change going lock? on? Do, oh, do oh change log. Do, do we do change logs? John anymore? Deere is, is now it, allowing you to, yeah, no, let's do a change log. John Deere is now allowing you to open your tractor tech, oh. Oh. but first a word from Google because we got to say something. <laughs> Google Pixel <laughs> phones totally just got their new, uh, you know, monthly dump, and it allows you to get 5G in India. Okay. QPR2 Beta 2. Google Messages rolls out group chat end-to-end encryption in beta. Google Maps for Wear OS adds a phoneless navigation on LTE watches. Too bad that you don't have a Wear OS watch. Anybody? Anybody? Who does? Bueller? That <laughs> one. Bueller? Google's new high-definition maps are arriving first on Volvo and Polestar electric vehicles. I wouldn't mind an oh, HD map. I think that's, that's pretty cool. cool. I, want, I want a Polestar, too, desperately. Yeah, those are the Volvo-backed EVs. Nice. And the full nice. Android operating system. That goes to my heart, you know, leading yeah. me to Google. Well, let's get you one. Hey, Mr. Polestar. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Mr. Polestar. Can <laughs> you get one of these? Right now. Yeah, he's watching. Uh, Herbert, I, I think his name is Herbert Polestar. Yeah, yeah. We did you ever get a free uh, burrito? No, right? nothing, 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 from, nothing. Got nothing. No, maybe no. try one of those new quesadillas. It tastes like fajitas mixed with. <laughs> no, 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 I thought you were going to say feet, like, and I was like, no, <laughs> fajita flavored feet. Google's new sp- <laughs> Google's new split screen for Android Auto is rolling out. I have Android Auto on my vehicle, so I will give this. A shot. It's been, you know, kind of floating around in the, in beta for some time. What do you think about this? I don't know if I want. I want. I like the full screen for the map. Yeah, I mean, I go back and forth. Uh, I have, you know, I use Apple uh, CarPlay, but I think it's kind of cool to have, especially on my car where the screen is pretty big. On a, it would depend on the screen size, wouldn't it? Yeah, I would, mine's not that big yeah. on Mazda. Yeah, the new Android Auto is here. Uh, hey, this is really exciting. Google Meet is rolling out in-call emoji reactions. I see making a mistake of doing that in a faculty meeting. <laughs> Thumbs up. Yeah. Woo. 
Well, we do a few Google Meets. I'll try it in our next uh, staff meeting. Get uh, some that stuff. Apparently, up. matters to people under forty. Um, who is this person getting hearts and celebrations? Dang, Nisha Madison. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. Aiden Taylor is getting, getting a heart from heart Nisha from. Madison. And Nisha, I think Aiden can sue. Yeah, I think that's uh, unwanted uh, attention, unwanted emoji. That's a yeah. new, a new uh, thing in uh, California law. And Google Docs adds a feature we thought it already had. <laughs> Says the Verge. Says the Verge. Non-printing characters. So there you go. You've been waiting for it. Now you got it. That's the Google Change Log. That was swift and efficient. Efficiency is my middle name because waffles wow. away. I do want to mention, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about the Reviver license plates. Uh, the governor of our fair state, Gavin Newsom, in his State of the Union address, said something kind of interesting. He said that mm-hmm. Californians are going to get a digital ID, but it's going to be... He didn't mention Apple at all, which is so far the only way I think... You can do a digital ID with the uh, Apple system, and it's going to be something extra marvelous. Did he really use the phrase extra marvelous? Uh, well, I'll give you the exact quote. We're going to do it like no other. This is a very Trumpian quote. We're going to do it like no other state. Know this, says Governor Newsom, who is probably running for president in a couple of years. Actually, it would be next year, wouldn't it? Know this, in just a matter of months, we're finally going to have those digital wallets where you can get your driver's license on a digital wallet, and we're going to do it like no other state has done it. There's only a few that have, but there's issues. Ours think it'll be next level. We're so excited about what the DMV can look like. This makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's part of the California 2023-2024 budget proposal. And he says it's coming in the state money. Uh, I don't know. It's hip. It's happening. It's with it. Wasn't Rick Clow the, um, uh, was Rick Clow the guy? Chief. Was he the chief digital officer for? for He was. He's no longer doing that. That's right. No longer. Now I wonder whether he was hatching that. Uh, You know, I'm curious because a number of states do have these Apple digital IDs, but you know, it's complicated because you can't just say, well, that can work as a driver's license. Now you have to give all the police in the state, the ability to somehow verify that that's not a picture on your screen, that that's a real uh, driver's yeah. license. What about know. me on Android? And what about huh? you on Android? It sounds yeah. like right. I'm going to guess because, uh, he didn't mention Apple at all, that it is perhaps something more than the, the Apple thing, here's an example of the Arizona driver's license on your watch, which is cool, cool as heck. But, I, you know, there's got to be some way to verify it for law enforcement to verify it. Otherwise, you can just put a picture on there. So Don't get me wrong. I like the convenience of having, like, a digital wallet and not having to pull out my wallet and grab the card and tap or insert or what have you. But at the same time, it, I think I have some privilege in Everybody's not going to Oh, no, absolutely. That. And so they have to still op- offer cards, obviously. But look, I have on my uh, 
Uh-oh, Stacy's passed out. We better hurry. I have- <laughs> Sorry, my dog is making weird noises, so I was seeing what was going on. Stacey, I think Stacy wanted to see what the show looked like if it was sideways. And does it look better sideways? I don't know. No, my dog was snoring, so I was, I was confused because it was a weird noise. Do we all lean left or right, Jeff? Left? Okay, let's well, all... Oh, that means that means I gotta go this way. No, <laughs> See, that's the thing. I can't do it and do it right. <laughs> nope. Stacy's leaning right. Nope. Yeah. Now she's leaning left. I can't. I can't. Okay. There we go. Let's What's get. Left? Come on, Aunt. Right. Join the other way. Other way. Join the. We're it's all leaning, leaning left. left. You know, people have always said this was a left-leaning show. Now yep. they know yep. it's. We're so. gonna hear about that comment. It's true. <laughs> I like it. This is a uh, California. A uh, vaccination card that sh- proves that it's legal, right? And I can use it. There's a uh-huh. QR code on it. It's my Apple Wallet has it, and I can use this almost anywhere that they want. They used to want that. They don't care anymore now. But when Not they anymore. wanted vaccination yeah. cards, that was I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that was California, I think. All yeah, right, we yeah. had we had QR codes. But the point yeah. you make about the the law enforcement having some type of equipment well, to verify yeah, right. that's that's. That's what makes makes me nervous because we're already dealing with some of our uh, worst police officers having ego issues, and now you're know. telling them to pull out some type of device. And yeah. I don't know. I don't want them plugging anything into pocket. my phone either, right? Then oh. there's oh, that. Oh. That too. That yeah. too. Well, Stacy's I mean, got to get. They... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say because you've got to show them, so you're going to have to unlock your phone. What if they just yeah. swipe it? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, no. Yeah, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I know. I agree. I'm not sure this is great. I mean, I don't know how they do it in the states where it's it's currently implemented. But maybe there's a QR code or something. But you could fake that, too. You could do a you screenshot. Them, yeah. yeah. I can fake a QR code, like, myself. I don't even have to know anything. Stacy is uh, is running late for her, uh, for her dinner date with the first CRISPR gene-edited <laughs> meat. So we're gonna we're gonna let her uh, be the guinea pig. Did you want to talk about John Deere? Oh yeah, John Deere. Well, yeah, what is there to news, say? Right? Gonna, did they did they? It's the right to repair alliances won. Is it a victory? It is sort of. So ish. there's ish. So what they did is they signed a memorandum of understanding with the American Farm Bureau Federation. And so all this is is a commercial agreement between John Deere and a group of farmers to say that. John Deere is going to let farmers access repair information and repair software for fair and reasonable terms. So grant terms. Well, an MOU is binding. It's legally binding. It is. So what it doesn't do, though, so the farmers have to promise not to, like, share this everywhere so they can't post it. This is kind of like a secret commercial agreement. Uh. If the states or Congress come up with a law, it will supersede this and... There are things like, you know, they are still going to have to pay for access to this. And it's, you know, and I think they would need to keep the pressure on by having continued law lawsuits, not lawsuits. The threat of legislation, I think, is a good reason because that's why John Deere actually did this. Because um, Congress was like, I'm sorry, you have got to get your stuff together, J.D., because... If farmers can't harvest their stuff because they can't repair their tractors, that affects our food supply. Not good. And John Deere's like, okay, fine. We'll do this. Yeah. I mean, I think the government coming after him. Uh, in 2021, uh, President Biden issued an executive order 
urging the FTC to crack down. FTC said it will devote more resources to combating unlawful repair restrictions. Uh, John Tester from uh, Montana, big farm state, introduced legislation to limit repair restrictions in, in ag. More than half of the U.S. states considering right to repair laws. Although New York's right to repair law, which was the first and in, in a model, has been somewhat gutted by Governor Hochul before she signed it. Um, I think we're making progress, and I think you're right. I think John Cory Doctorow put up, I haven't read it yet because I don't have a year. He put up a very long thread about this. You can imagine that he'd be victorious but also suspicious. Yeah, as are, as are many over the uh, John Deere agreement. So, you know, let's yeah. see. But we'll I, see. Think the, I think the writing's on the wall. Apple's bowed to pressure to allow people to repair their phones. Kind of. Yeah, kind in, of. In, a, in a very malicious Stand compliance. on your head and yeah. with one hand tied behind your back. Yeah. And-, and that is the question. Like, what is compliance going to look like yeah. under this? And we don't know yet. Hey, everybody. Leo Laporte here. I am the founder and one of the hosts at the Twit Podcast Network. I want to talk to you a little bit about what we do here at Twit because I think it's unique, and I think for anybody who is uh, bringing a product or a service to a tech audience, you need to know about what we do here at Twit. We've built an amazing audience of engaged, intelligent, affluent listeners who listen to us and trust us when we recommend a product. Our mission statement is to, is to build a highly engaged community of tech enthusiasts. Boy, already you should be your ears should be perking up at that because highly engaged is good for you. Tech enthusiasts, if that's who you're looking for, this is the place. We do it by offering them the knowledge they need to understand and use technology in today's world. And I hear from our audience all the time. Part of that knowledge comes from our advertisers. We are very careful. We pick advertisers with great products, great services, with integrity, and introduce them to our audience with authenticity uh, and genuine enthusiasm. And that makes our host red ads different from anything else you can buy. We are literally bringing you to the attention of our audience and giving you a big, fat endorsement. We like to create partnerships with trusted brands, brands who are in it for the long run, long-term partners that want to grow with us. And we have so many great success stories. Tim Broom, who founded IT Pro TV in 2013, started advertising with us on day one, has been with us ever since. He said, quote, we would not be where we are today without the Twit Network. I think the proof is in the pudding. Advertisers like IT Pro TV and Audible that have been with us for more than 10 years. They stick around because their ads work. And honestly, isn't that why you're buying advertising? You get a lot with Twit. We have a very full service attitude. We almost think of it as kind of artisanal uh, advertising, boutique advertising. You'll get a full service continuity team. People who are on the phone with you, who are in touch with you, who support you from with everything from copywriting to graphic design. So you are not alone in this. We embed our ads into the shows. They're not they're not added later. They're part of the shows. In fact, often they're such a part of our shows that our other hosts will chime in on the ad saying, yeah, I love that. Or just the other day, one of our hosts said, man, I really got to buy that. <laughs> That's an additional benefit to you because you're hearing people 
our audience trusts saying, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, we deliver, always over deliver on impressions. So you know you're going to get the impressions you expect. The ads are unique every time. We don't pre-record them and roll them in. We are genuinely doing those ads in the middle of the show. Uh, we'll give you great onboarding services. Ad tech with pod sites that's free for direct clients. Gives you a lot of reporting, gives you a great idea of how well your ads are working. You'll get courtesy commercials. You actually can take our ads and share them across social media and landing pages. That really extends the reach. There are other free goodies, too, including mentions in our weekly newsletter that's sent to thousands of fans, engaged fans who really want to see this stuff. We give you bonus ads and social media promotion, too. So if you want to be a long-term partner, introduce your product to a savvy, engaged tech audience. Visit twit.tv slash advertise. Check out those testimonials. Mark McCrary is the CEO of Authentic. You probably know him, one of the biggest uh, original podcast advertising companies. We've been with him for 16 years. Mark said the feedback from many advertisers over 16 years across a range of product categories everything from razors to computers, is that if ads and podcasts are going to work for a brand, they're going to work on Twitch shows. I'm very proud of what we do because it's honest, it's got integrity, it's authentic, and it really is a great introduction to our audience of your brand. Our listeners are smart, they're engaged, they're tech savvy, they're dedicated to our network, and that's one of the reasons... We only work with high-integrity partners that we've personally and thoroughly vetted. I have absolute approval on everybody. If you've got a great product, I want to hear from you. Elevate your brand by reaching out today at advertise at twit.tv. Break out of the advertising norm. Grow your brand with host red ads on twit.tv. Visit twit.tv slash advertise for more details. Or you can email us, advertise at twit.tv if you're ready to launch your campaign now. I can't wait to see your product. So give us a ring. Let us conclude this fine festivity by getting Stacy to give us a thing of the week. Now that it's dark out. Okay. Yes. Now that it's dark. Okay. I, I have trapped. Stacy has in, in, induced now. God to turn on dark mode in her native <laughs> region. <laughs> well, isn't it dark where y'all are? Yeah. Is it not well, dark? It sure is here. <laughs> Well, I know. Well, Jeff you have a lot of clout with the with the with the woman upstairs, and uh, I think you've convinced her. Okay, dark mode's um, the only one. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not. It's. I'll tell you what it is. It's an induction burner we saw at CES that is really cool. So I, I like induction it. stoves. Not... I'm still trying to get an induction stove top. I really want it. Why can't you? So, we have that. It's great. <sighs> this is called the. Tra Tramontina, so Tramontina's guru. That's a region induction in burner. Italy. It is. Uh, well, it's it's a Brazilian country. Or, oh. Sorry, it's a it's a Brazilian company. <laughs> okay. And Not they about. actually make the Tefal uh, brand of cookware, by okay. the way. Uh, which for a long um, time I've you, we used to use it. We don't do it anymore because it's cancer causing or something. But they have both cancer causing and non cancer causing. Oh, that's nice now. But they offer the new non cancer causing non stick cookware. None. That's great. Non piece fast. <laughs> I don't know if it's cancer um, anyway. causing. I just, I, I read somewhere and I dimly remember it's probably not good to have non stick cookware. What, was it one of your California labels that said that yeah, it's on everything no that doubt. says this thing? Yeah. So the Tremontina right, induction anyway. cooktop is available even at Target. Well, so they, this is the guru. This is a new oh. one they showed in. 
CES. So the Tramontina Guru. Um, this is expected in the first quarter. It's going to cost between $299 and $349. It's a Eesh. single burner induction, but it, like our June oven, has a scale inside. Oh. And it also comes with thousands, not thousands, sorry, hundreds of recipes that will walk you through all the cooking steps and control the burner. We now, on Sunday, you talked about... BuzzFeed did that. On Sunday, you ago. talked about, like, you had a Heston Q or some sort of smart I pan. Did, and you don't like do. it anymore. I do have it. Yeah. I don't like it because it's buggy to mess with because yeah. the Heston Q has to talk with the GE and it has to talk with the right device. And like if and you know how to cook. Used to be on yes. my, More importantly, I also you know. already know how to cook. <laughs> so you don't need the pan to tell you what to do. The one advantage, though, I like of in, about induction is the temperature uh, control is very precise. Control is amazing. Yeah. Well, here, and I will also say we're going to get to a point. I don't know if y'all have been following this, but there's been a lot of ink spilled lately about should we ban gas stoves right, right. because gas in the kitchen is causing problems health problems oh is it really and so i don't it's it's yeah. not just like, it's not just a natural gas is dangerous atmosphere. for climate it's bad for your health it's bad like gas <sighs> stoves in homes or homes children who grow up in homes with gas stoves have a higher a 42% higher rate of asthma is the oh, most recent findings huh. but there's been a lot of like and and I I'm not going to argue about the politics of gas stoves whatever but well, also I'm ready, to, I'm ready to get off natural gas in our house we'd like to replace everything including the well, and that's is part of the electrification effort. Yeah. But if you read this stuff and you're freaked out, an induction burner is a great way to get started for less than buying a whole new cooktop. It's basically a magnet, right? And you need and yeah. you need to have uh, cookware that is special cookware that has magnetic it's steel, steel, or something with iron in it. Yeah, not aluminum. Yeah, and uh, and then it it doesn't get. It doesn't have a heated, like you could touch an induction cooktop without burning yourself, but the pan gets hot, which is kind of cool. Well, it, it does get hot. I mean, if from the hot the, pan's from been the pan. on it, it does get Yeah, from hot. the pan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't want anybody being like, look. Well, Leo said. <laughs> <laughs> and they're easier to clean because there's no uh, interstices. Um, yes. So the point being, I thought this was a really cool product. It's also a cool product for people who are like living in apartments or going to college because yeah. like I'm hopeful that when my child goes to college, I can send them off with an induction burner if because they like to cook and boom, it's not well, going to set anything on the fire. The BuzzFeed Tasty One. That's what I was going to say. BuzzFeed Tasty had something like this a couple years ago. 2018. Yep. But it died. Yeah. So this uh, is that again. Uh, app on iOS and Android. Uh, unfortunately, this uh, site is in Portuguese, but I'm getting the gist. The pictures are nice, and uh, that's cool. How much? Two ninety nine to three forty nine. Okay, for a single burner. Yes. Now, a single burner, like a like a budget single burner from no name brand on Amazon, is like a hundred and fifteen. Okay, so it's not just much to more. give right. you a little bit of a. Okay. I mean, it is. It's twice. It's more than twice as much. But right. a name brand burner. <laughs> it's a bit it's like 200 it's right. like 175 to 200 right. so this is more but it does have that integrated scale which is kind of nice and the rest oh it does oh that's cool I, that's in everywhere and there's no subscription you know, fee you know i think that's because of mems that we we have scales everywhere now micro electro mechanical machines 
No, I know what MEMS are. I'm just trying to follow your train of thought about why MEMS Because we can put, are... <laughs> I think these scales in the feet of the June oven and in the feet of the Tramontina guru and others are actually MEMS because they're small, they're compact, they're inexpensive. And so they're starting to build these scales in everything, including that uh, monogram, GE monogram mixer you were talking about has a scale in the it profile too. profile mixer. Yeah. yeah. Or it profile, does. yeah. Interesting. Okay. I don't know. I'm just my, that's my, con, that's my, uh, uh, assumption. Anybody wants to correct me, then please do. No, I mean, cheaper, cheaper scale sensors make sense. When yeah. you said, I mean, MEMS are so many things. It's kind of like, you know why we have life on earth? Water, oxygen. I know. It's because it of felt like that. water. <laughs> water. Um, but you can put basically MEMS are solid state scales, right? That you can put into things and they're small. So well, MEMS are any device. They can be a variety that, of things, but they can be scales. Yeah. Anything yeah. to convert the digital or the analog world to digital. So right. it can be microphones. It can be right. gyroscopes, anything that's like, I see the real world and I'm going to tell the computers what it means. MEMS, according to Neva, are chip-based technology where sensors are composed of a suspended mass between a pair of capacitive plates. Well, they all be dang. Okay, my definition is way better. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so the Tramontina Guru. Look so that's my thing of the week because I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I might, I mean, I don't need an induction stove, but maybe I'll convince my child that they need it. <laughs> I have in a drawer somewhere the Heston Q induction burner, which I got with yeah, all they the have pans. One too. So maybe I should just pull that out and use that instead. I just love the idea that you could set the temperature to 211 degrees. So it won't boil, but it go right up against it, which is cool. Things like that for simmering. Mr. Jeff Jarvis, did I just use your number of the ours. week? No. Um, so I'm going to do one that you wouldn't let me do as a story, I'm sure. Because it's, <laughs> it's arcane. <laughs> Line 66, the Finnish parliament. There you go. This right there. You knew that I knew you'd never do it. You'd never yeah. allow it. No, you're right. I skipped never. over it already. Never. Yep. Oh, of course you did. Yeah. I'm going to take this moment of democracy <laughs> to do it. As the Finnish parliament rejected an EU copyright legislation as part of the digital services, uh, the, 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 the single market digital services, where the EU says we shall all do this, and then each country does their own, their version of it, and Finland had a version of it, and the 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 um, Constitutional Law Committee rejected it because it's about copyright and data mining. And, of course, the EU is saying, no, data mining is bad, and Google does it, and so on and forth. We shouldn't allow all this, and, and, and copyright, because the publishers say, you can't take my snippets, so that's all wrong. The Finns, God bless their souls, said this violates the both the Finnish Constitution and human rights regarding science and education. And I find this fascinating because one of my complaints about when people say, well, you shouldn't have that information is you cut off knowledge, you cut off potential knowledge, and we've got to discuss that. And so what the Finns are saying is that science needs access to data. Education needs access to data. And I don't know where this goes. I don't know where it ends up. But I found it to be a really interesting path for constitutional discussion there. Now I can tell you that Denmark had no bank robberies last year because there's so little cash in the country. There's a number. Wow. 
Wow. And he stayed asleep until I came up with that one. That was for later. Wow. Um, but no, and actually, I think the Finnish uh, folks, whoever they might be, are right that 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 uh, I think a lot of times these these copy these blanket copyright laws are strongly tilted in favor of copyright holders and against oh, things like education, the public domain, and so forth. I'm sure Cory Doctorow would write a book about this. So good for the Finns. Well, maybe for I'll saying, do it first. Yeah, good. Good for the Finns for saying yeah, no. Uh, there's a reason we have a public square. Uh, and Google raters, the people who, who decide whether Google search engine is doing a good job or not, just got a raise oh. to between $14 and fourteen fifty an hour, which is to say they what? were not well paid. They anymore. are not well paid. What the hell? Uh, and they don't get to eat in the cafeteria either. Ooh, they're they contractors, so they don't get anything. Right. But do they work? That's that's terrible. They were being paid ten to twelve dollars an hour. Well, it's kind of a mechanical Turk task, in a way. I think that's probably what the so, argument was. What a but, but they depend terrible upon it. job. You have to sit there. And you and- think about it. How are you going to teach systems? There's going to be more labor like this in a in a more AI world where you're teaching the computers. Yeah. Well, humans have, have to. to decide at some level yeah, yeah. whether that's right or wrong, and yeah. whether it's a good job or bad. And and if that's seen as low wage waiver wa- uh, labor, where you clearly have to be intelligent and educated enough to say, oh, it's right or that's wrong, uh, computer, you got that wrong. Um, and if that's seen as low level um, uh, servant to the machine, that's not great. So they're constantly well, part checking. Of it is, Go ahead. Uh, oh, well, I was going to say you can work from anywhere. There's a lot of flexibility inherent oh, yes. in a lot of those kind of jobs, and so well, let's face it, they're probably also in non, uh, in, not in the U.S. Right? They're I would bet. even I mean, <laughs> there are call center jobs here in the U.S. that are work from home that don't pay a lot of money, yeah, but yeah. the benefit is they're working from home, and these people set their own hours, so to speak. I know a couple people back in yeah. Carolina doing such jobs. Now we all want to work from home and expect to. Right. Yeah. Uh, to understand you know, you, better you what uh, what these guys do, as one raider explained to Forbes, if someone wants to see pictures of moon jellyfish and for some reason enters moon pie jellyfish, raiders see to it people don't get results about marshmallow snacks. Thank God. I think they should get paid more. Yeah, they should get paid more. But Mr. Jarvis, I still think that having someone hired just to understand the nuance of prompts is going to be a premium yeah. Um, oh yeah premium job at some that's point. a coding job really yeah. i think yeah. it's going to be a skill set that you learn much like we, we learned teach how it. to search yeah yep. we yeah. learned how to search didn't we yeah yeah it's harder than that though i mean people well, are you know, once at- we got past the bayesian search then it was all <laughs> <laughs> i want three percent I mean- moon pie two percent fish and 43 percent induction cooktops Aunt Pruitt has a pick of the week. A good one, I think. Yeah, this was uh, I over the holiday break. I watched a lot more YouTube, and I came across again Mr. Andre Mack, and he has a series uh, talking about wine. Andre Mack is a sommelier, um, and he has a series with a bunch of celebrities where they sit down and guess cheap versus inexpensive wine and this recent episode featured kevin hart who is a fascinating man you know comedian actor entrepreneur great storyteller and just watching that episode just brought out a lot 
a lot more interesting information about Kevin Hart, let alone teaching us folks like me that don't know enough about wine yet to uh, learn to live in the midst of wine. This is an interesting genre because, of course, it started with the hot ones, right? You get celebrities uh-huh. to eat hot sauce. Uh-huh. <laughs> I and like this still, better. I still watch that, too. I would do this one. <laughs> I don't want to do I hot still sauce. Watch that one. This is a yeah. good idea. Have him drink wine and uh, find out more about him. And there's a little test here because he's going to give you wine. He won't tell you if it's good or bad, and you have to figure out what the expensive wine is and what the cheap one is. Right, and yeah. as, as you know, um, just because you hand me a... $200 bottle of wine, I may not think it tastes like a $200 bottle of wine. It may taste like crap to me, yeah. but yet that $10 that bottle all the time. may be phenomenal. In fact, a lot, of, Gary Gary a lot of Chuck's fame came from this. Yeah. Two buck Chuck. Yeah. There's a lot of research, frankly, that uh, people are heavily influenced by the price. And if they don't know the price and they taste the wine and they're honest, it's very often not the most expensive wine or even an yeah. expensive wine that wins. That uh, well, this one, this this one will surprise you. That that particular episode. Does, does Kevin have a good? Uh, does he have a good uh, taste was, buds? Is he yes, reliable? He, he, he ah. was, so, the stuff that he said. It, he he's got some experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch this. So this is a YouTube. Just drink it. YouTube. This was from Bon Appetit magazine. Bon Appetit featuring Andre Mack. Oh, nice. We're oh, nice sommeliers. There it is. Sommelier tries to... Oh, look at So he's like their house sommelier. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, and of course, you you don't, didn't do it this time. You usually tell us about your website, antpruitt.com, and <laughs> all those fine prints available for sale. And let's give you yeah, a... Antpruitt.com pl- slash prints. I haven't been able to get out and shoot something else that I, I know, wanted to put up for prints we're gonna take yet. Rainy day pictures. There's not much else All to do. All this gum rain and mud and <laughs> yeah. muck and uh, hasn't been appealing to me. But there's still some prints out there for people to check out if they're interested in putting them up on their walls, on their friends' walls, at their favorite bar or what have you. He's also on Insta. And uh, hands-on yeah. photography is his show, twit.tv slash hop. Who's coming up? What you doing in the future here? Well, I was going to talk about macro photography, but I just saw a story um, earlier today that may make me address that story because oh. it's just sort of. I saw you featured in uh, in a story about uh, getting skin tone right. Um, yes, uh, Mr. Tashaka Armstrong uh, over at iMore, uh, he wanted to do a test for looking at the iPhone and the Google Pixel phones it was a good and piece. just smartphones in general, yeah. how they handle skin tones for everybody, not just people like of color, but also white people and in, in various different uh, scenarios where the lighting was really good to where the ra- lighting was pretty craptastic. It was not a fun task, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we got, we got a lot of good information out of it. It was myself featured as well as Juan Bacnell, people that, listen and watch all about Android, they know both of those names because Juan and Tashaka have been on the Twit Network a time or three. Nice. Nice. Uh, Ann is also the manager of our uh, Club Twit community and has done a great job putting together events. Stacy's tomorrow. I will join you at 9 a.m. for Stacy's <laughs> Book Club. Project Unwashed. Hail Mary. Yeah, unbathed, unquaffed. 9 a.m. Pacific, that's noon Eastern. 
1800, 1900, I don't know, sometime in Eastern, in uh, UTC. And it's then, too early for Leo. It's too early. <laughs> Even just talking about it, I can't do it. 4 p.m., much better time next Thursday for an inside twit with Lisa and me. Win to Dow, the host of All About Android, will be on the 9th at 9 a.m. And as I mentioned earlier, Daniel Suarez uh, at 11 a.m. in the club. Twit Discord. That'll be and a lot for of the fun. folks. For our members that are interested in these events, I get asked, you know, here and there about the timing. Uh, they're like, is that Pacific time or is that my time zone? Well, we do have that. Uh, I believe it's Unicode inside it's, of the. It's on your. It's events. in your time zone. Discord translation. And it should show. Yeah, yeah. Right. It should show in your time zone. But if Discord doesn't know what, what time it is, then no one does. So, yeah, uh, Discord should <laughs> fix that for you automatically. But. 9 a.m. East is Pacific. When I say it out loud, I'm saying our time, which is 9 a.m. Pacific. That's right. why I always say noon Eastern and 1700 UTC so that people know. Thank you, everybody. Stacy, go have a wonderful meal. So jealous. I will. Yay. Tell us all about it. Stacy on IOT.com at Giga Stacy. She's also, of course, co-host with Kevin Toffel of the IoT Podcast. Great show this week, all about uh, stuff they saw at CES. And Stacy was on Twit this week, and she was wonderful, too, so you can catch that as well. If you don't get enough Stacy in your life, tomorrow, 9 a.m. Pacific. It's like, this week is your week. It's your week. It's Stacy all, Stacy all the time. Jeff Jarvis, he uh, is our resident expert on all things media. And, uh, of course, he's a professor of journalism somewhere. I have the card here somewhere. It's all right. It's all right. Says, no, I have to tell, okay. I tell you about it, buddy. He is the director of the Townite Center for Entrepreneurial Journalism at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at the City University of New York. Thank you, sir. Uh, at Jeff Jarvis. And his and new I meet book. with the marketing people at Bloomsbury next week. So <gasps> if you're ever going to pre-order the book... Now would be a great time to do it. Because as soon as they get a hold of it, they're going to double the price. B-I-T dot L-Y. Wow, look at all your friends. Slash buy Gutenberg. Uh, if, as if Gutenberg was for sale. The age of print and its lessons for the age of the internet. It's oh, called, I like I like the cover design you went with. Isn't that nice? Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. The Gutenberg parenthesis. And we know some very beautiful fonts inside. Thanks we have to Glenn Fleischman. Glenn Fleischman. We have <laughs> doves. Is that the one that guy threw that. off the bridge? And, yep. Yeah. 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 This is the one. It's a great story. <laughs> and then the other, the, the body type the story is that the designer of it was arrested by Hitler because of his font. <gasps> wow. Typefaces have Those such an book. interesting uh, They do. It's, it's that's the next story. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Aunt Pruitt. Twit.tv slash hop. Thank you all for joining us. We do the wonderful This Week in Google show, which has nothing to do with Google, every Wednesday, around about 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2200 UTC. That's I only mention that if you want to watch live at live.twit.tv. There's streaming audio and video there all day long and all night long. Uh, if you're watching live, chat live at irc.twit.tv. That's our IRC chat room, but you can just use your web browser to go there. You can also, uh, if you're in the club, chat in the Discord after the fact. Our ad-supported versions of the show available at twit.tv slash twig. There's a YouTube channel, This Week in Google channel on YouTube. You can also subscribe in your favorite podcast player, and that way you'll get it automatically as soon as it's available. I thank you so much for joining us. 
We'll be back next week. I hope you will, too, for This Week in Google. Bye-bye. 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 Everybody say goodbye to the Jeff Jarvis portrait hanging <laughs> over at... If you are looking for a midweek update on the week's tech news, I got to tell you, you got to check out Tech News Weekly. See, it's all kind of built in there with the title. You get to learn about the news in tech that matters. Every Thursday, Jason Howell and I talk to the people making and breaking the tech news, get their insights and their interesting stories. It's a great show to check out. Twit.tv slash TNW.